The world has gone insane. Cosplayers rule the conventions. Gamers dominate the tabletop and the internet. Sci-fi subjugates the movies. And fantasy rules the bookstore with an iron fist. Only one group can bring order to this unruly mob. A team of uber geeks, masters of the nerdly arts, trained for decades in the hobby shops and basements of the nation. Mobilized by the secret masters, they are the Department of Nerdly Affairs. Hello, operatives, and welcome to the Department of Nerdly Affairs. I'm your host, Rob Patterson, here with my co-host, Don Chisholm. Who wants a clean podcast, no comment and blow the belt, no elbows, and when the bell rings, return to your corner. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. And tonight, we're going to be fighting it out with members of the Treading the Path of Heaven podcast, a podcast dedicated to web novels and web novel culture. And from the Treading the Path of Heaven podcast, we have Richard and Jonathan. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us on. It's always fun. Awesome. And I really appreciate you guys for coming out. Um, I think that it's going to be an awesome chance for our, our audience to learn more about yourselves, your podcast, and of course, web novels, which is our mutual love. Um, well, I mean, that's the gospel we're trying to spread. So, Okay, preach it, brother. Preach it. Um, speaking of the gospel of web novels... Uh, Jonathan, could you define what web novels are? Uh, well, as we see it, they're basically going to be novels that originated being written on the web. Typically, they're written a chapter or a few chapters at a time by the author. Mm-hmm. Um, so unlike you know typical novels where you have the entire novel upon release, with the web novels, typically you're going to be reading chapters updated daily or every other week. And it's done that way because in the Chinese or Korean sides where they publish them, um, they have kind of subscription websites where they're voted upon. So people are writing chapters to try and pull in new listeners or maintain their current ones or listeners, uh, readers. <laughs> right. Well, in some cases listeners too, if they have audiobooks. but yeah, it's, it's their typical literature. It's the, the stories you're going to read are going to be real stories. It's just, they're kind of released in a slightly different way. Okay. Now here's an odd question. Do they have to be Asian? Like to, to use the term web novel, is that pretty much limited to like Asian stuff? I, it certainly isn't. Um, our podcast covers the Asian ones more specifically, just because that's kind of our interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm, I personally am not aware of web novel uh, communities from other languages and cultures. I know they exist, but I just haven't gone into them. To chime in there, I mean, the web novel and honestly, uh, mm-hmm. the internet, at, since the internet has existed, there's been web novels, there's been web publishing of right. novels, mm-hmm. and um, it just kind of extends from there. I, I've read, I've read like Asian inspired English web novels, here, right. you know, like they just, they do exist. Um, it's just, uh, for the most part, when you see the English one, the English ones that I personally covered, they mm-hmm. kind of fall into that situation where the, uh, you know, the West Coast, the West side of the pond, you know, is really trying to, the Western side is really trying to uh, mimic the styles of like the Japanese isekai, yeah. or the the Chinese shinsha, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, it, it is interesting to see, you know, Western viewpoints mimicking those. Right. Well, I mean, it's natural, right? You copy what you love and they apparently love the, uh, the Chinese and the Korean and the Japanese web novels. Agreed. Agreed. Yes, definitely. Okay. So, um, Richard, how did you get into web novels? 
I mean, as with everyone who grew up, I mean, I'm in my later 20s now, right? Mm -hmm. And I grew up consuming the literature, like consuming Japanese literature, Japanese manga, different anime. I remember being like three years old and my brother-in-law showing up from college with a VHS Mm -hmm. of some Japanese stuff with some fan translations (laughs) and, you know, handing me a book that wasn't translated and going, hey, figure it out. And I've just been stuck since. Wow. Okay, then. (laughs) Um, So when he hands you uh, something that's that's not translated, did you decide to learn the language then? Um, I was lucky in that, like, my mom speaks Korean. Okay. So she could help me with, like, the Korean stuff, but... Uh, with the Japanese, I dabbled. I'm not as good as like Kenny, mm-hmm. but I know enough to get by, but not enough to, you know, start translating. Uh, which is to say that I studied Japanese for two years at Louisiana uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> State University. Hmm. Which is also a way to say you speak almost no Japanese. <laughs> I, I could probably get around okay in Japan, but people would definitely be able to tell I was uh, hesitant. Mm. Yeah, 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 well, Japanese, unfortunately, and Chinese and Korean are all, you know, very difficult languages to learn, at least from an English perspective. Yeah, uh, they're they're very differently, the, the, the thought processes and how things are arranged are very different. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's a lot more contextual and... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So how about you, Jonathan? How did you get into this stuff? Uh... Well, it's it's kind of two prong. Uh, part of it is kind of similar to Richard in that I I grew up on anime and manga, and so I had this kind of fascination with trying to understand more of that culture, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I ended up studying Japanese. But then I, uh, which is kind of how I got into the Japanese side of it. For the Chinese side of it, I mm-hmm. had a friend who just recommended me Coiling Dragon. And right. I read that novel and it's literally just been like that was a event horizon for me. I've just been in love ever since. Hmm. Wow. Okay, I I can understand that. Uh Richard, what was your first book? Oh man, that's rough. Uh let's see. First one that I'm going to attach myself to would probably be um probably like old machine translated remonsters when I really got into web novels heavy. Like, re monster re monster or re monster like yeah 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 re monster yeah. uh I, that's the one i'm gonna claim because like i was reading machine translated versions of that and then fixing it so i could read it better right oh okay all right so wow okay so were you guys involved then when the whole web novel community very first started like the translation community i should say the translation community or were, did you come in a bit later um I was definitely, for me personally, I, I'd say I was there within the first six months or so of it starting to gain popularity of right. like kind of the, the beginning of uh, Wuxia World. And right. um, as, as you started seeing more translators doing this, as you started seeing translators getting um, paid for, for chapters through donations mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, um, I, I got to watch that whole evolution occur. Right. Um, hmm. But it's also kind of been as a as a third party, I... I I'm reading it because I'm interested in the in the subject and the community, but it's I'm also mostly there because I enjoy the stories. So, okay, well that makes sense. How about you, Richard? Did were you involved with Wuxia World, or do you predate that? 
that's tough. Um, see, I didn't really. I wasn't deep, deep in the Japanese translated novels, so like those mm-hmm. are different. Like those are like old, like like uh, what is it? Web press mm-hmm. on tripod website translated stuff, and like I wasn't really into the Chinese stuff until I don't know a few a few years after that. So right. I miss like that first incarnation of people really getting into like Coiling Dragon and Ren doing all the other stuff. I right. got to read that after they were done. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, with the web novel community, as you know, like that stuff started, you know, super early, like super early in, in like internet mm-hmm. existing. So, like, I probably wasn't old enough to be in when that was being translated. Well, the. Current American web novel community more or less started on uh, the forum spcnet.tv. That's, yeah. that's where most of it started. Um, and it started, I don't know how that old that group is, but I remember reading translations probably about, what, 2004, 2003, 2004. I was reading, or maybe even a tiny bit earlier than that, I was reading stuff on spcnet there. And they were mostly translating like, uh, the classic Chinese wuxia novels, like the Jin Yong stuff, some Gulong stuff, uh, Liang Yusheng. Um, so the basically they were translating the classic Chinese wuxia novels because, of course, there was no Shansha back then. Yeah, uh, but they did, but that place was pretty much just uh, Chinese stuff. It wasn't they weren't translating any. Um, I don't think don't think they were translating any Japanese or Korean books back then. I don't think yeah, that that's... Came, came until much later. Yeah, we we had spoken with Deathblade about that on our podcast as well, and that's kind of the understanding that we came to, um, that it was pretty much Chinese from that side. Yeah. Um, and then there were I, a few I think, attempts. Sorry, go. Yeah. Oh, no, I was <laughs> I was just going to say the, the Japanese ones have been kind of off and on um, as people, like, it's, it's all been fan-based in that sense. So, like, if people wanted to read the stories, they would translate it. So mm. it's been off and on. You, you've definitely been able to find those around the internet for a long time. But it's been kind of a one group will make one story and then like you read it while it's up and then yeah, yeah. if it's not it's not there anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, although be thanks to the anime fan forums and such, there has been like people you know watch anime and they're like, oh, this is based on a light novel. I want to read the light novel. So that has definitely helped the whole light novel uh, industry slowly grow and both um, fan translated and both uh, officially published stuff as well. My question, well, I'm not gonna say question, but I would, I would imagine like, like, like what mid two thousands, like Haruhi and those fan translations being like some of the, being pretty big and getting people yeah. in and starting to read the Japanese stuff because like, I can recall being on forums and seeing like links to really really shady wind zips with Haruhi translations on it. Right. Oh, I remember learning that that was based on a light novel and, and actually like spending time trying to find light novel um, mm-hmm. translations of that. And at the time I wasn't able to and it, it killed me. But then right. I think I actually got like they did official translations of them and I picked those up, which was nice. Right. Sadly, to, sad to say, I think the thing that put probably the Japanese light novels on the map was probably Sword Art Online. <laughs> uh, I don't want to think about that. Oh man, uh, you're probably right. Uh, uh, I mean... I've read. Uh, it's not good. Like if you read it, like I mean, some people like it, okay. But like, there's some lines on there when he's like, you know, seven years of semen bursted into like 
was asana and it's like uh gross uh okay i don't really want this but i guess okay that was like a then. really a really good series that felt like it got ruined by kind of weird undertones the entire time <laughs> and it's unfortunate well, the entire time, I mean, he did, there was the, what, it was chapter 14.5 or 13.5, which is like their honeymoon night or something. Like, he Yeah, did it th- that's the one. On. Ew, yeah. That's the one with the nasty, like, seven years of semen line. <laughs> what is this? This is like, this is like Twilight, but not hiding the fact that it was about a wet dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's about you know, right. Um, Jesus. And then, like. Because of Sword Art Online, we get more of this garbage. Like Ari Ferretta, Ari Ferretta, mm-hmm. I like like that one's super popular for some reason. It's getting an anime coming out, but it's like not good. But people we read it. I don't know. I'm just sad that Sword Art Online is the one that kind of popularized the isekai genre mm-hmm. real recently. Because it, it set guidelines for the genre that I really wish had been set by <laughs> other series that were better. <laughs> yeah well i mean but it does represent kind of what's popular though right i mean yeah. it's based it's an isekai and god knows there's enough isekai and it's it's about a guy leveling up and god knows there's enough web novels about guys leveling up yeah yes I, it it does combine kind of everything which which actually leads me to a okay point so why do you think that isekai are so damn popular i mean if i can jump hop okay. in there it's the formula. It's 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 pure unadulterated formula. It right. is great. It's escapism. It's it's mm-hmm. um, wh- what's the best? I think I think it cap- captured what everyone attached themselves to in the West, at least. Like Inuyasha in his own way is an Esekai, or uh, mm-hmm. what was the what was that other anime about the chick who goes through some stuff in a different world and there's a robot Escaflone. Escaflone, it, yeah, yeah, Escaflone. It it it, cha- it challenges all of that except you get to be a young, usually a young male or a young female, yep. in another world and you're special, mm-hmm. and that hits on so so many things people want. Well, I think I I honestly think a lot of it is just there's been so much. Like games have become so much more of a, a part of our popular culture. There's so many people that have spent time being the protagonist and like mm-hmm. having this experience of being powerful and being special. Right. And like all they want in the world is for that to be real. So if they can imagine that outside of our understanding, there is this reincarnation system that gives them magical powers, they're going to get attached to that. I know that's part of it for me. Huh. Right. So you're a big fan of Truck Coon then. A uh, truck coon is powerful. I don't. I don't know who's more powerful, truck coon or train son or plain sama. There's a lot of death out there. Or well, knife. There's also knife sama too. Remember? Oh, knife sama. Oh, no. that's gonna be a dark one. That, that's true. That, that's true. That's gonna be a dark one. By the way, for the audience who has no idea what I'm talking about, um, a huge number of is, of uh, isekai, which are, which is the stories where guys or girls get sent to another world and everything happen when the uh, protagonist gets hit by a truck or car. Uh, so in fact, so many have been hit by trucks that that truck has a nickname truck coon, you know, <laughs> who, who is a mystical magical truck that goes around knocking people to other realities. Or like ending romances or getting rid of poorly written characters. It's pretty great. Truck coon is flexible. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So, so um, that, and that, I've always... That's a thing? Like, oh yes. yeah, 
Oh yeah, no. Oh, they they even have the parody in like uh, Konosuba where the truck is coming, but it doesn't actually hit him. It's just a slow moving tractor, and he's so weak and malnourished <laughs> that he dies. <laughs> oh, it's super fun. Oh, that you know, is. <laughs> you can tell we live in like a post nine one nine eleven world, right? Because mm-hmm. like it's no longer just like truck coon now. It's like terrorist mm-hmm. Dono is doing it now, right? And like oh. We were killed in a terrorist attack on a boat. Right. And, and, you know, because so many people died at one time, the good people get to be reincarnated or something wild. Like, it just... Yep, that's true. I love how, like, the ways of triggering the end of the world is just advancing with, like, current events. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. And I, I like your point, though, about what you said about the knife coon, because, of course, being stabbed is another popular way to go to another world, and that's <laughs> that would be knife coon. But it's always a darker story, usually. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that time I got reincarnated a slime, which has been pretty fun so far. <laughs> yeah, but that does kind of, no spoilers, it's but getting there, it yeah. gets dark. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually getting around that turn right now where I'm at. So that's interesting. You know, it's it's one of those interesting things where they stopped the TV show. Sorry to spoil it. I'm not going to give any major spoilers, but for folks, but they stopped the TV show right exactly before it takes a really really dark turn. They stopped the TV show at my favorite at the point where the novel gets really fun for me. Like well, I yeah. I like that point, and we wanted to, I wanted to talk about it in our nights episode where we actually get to do spoilers. Since right, I've been read this a long time ago, but like it's so it, it's one of those where mm-hmm. it's like a formulaic isekai, but like it right it, like lampshades things or it, or it plays it straight on purpose because they know. You know, and I know what's going on, right? And the offer takes his time doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes advantage of the formula to like to show more and tell less, and it's it's just an excellent series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, and beautiful animation, and they definitely put a lot of effort into it too. Like it was uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime is like a gorgeous show. It really is. Mm-hmm. You can tell love was put on it. I mean, with the bounciness and stuff. But I do find it funny though. I wonder what. Uh, how the anime is going to handle it. Because remember, this is a thing that has a web novel first, then a light mm-hmm. novel that's slightly different, then a manga that's kind of in between the light novel and the web novel. Is yeah. the anime going to play it straight, or are they going to change it from the anime? So then you got to read four things. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, the publisher kind of does want people to read their books. Well, we'll see. I, uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun series either way, so I'm glad it's getting attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so right now, of course, uh, Shield Hero is either running or just finished. Did it just finish? Uh, it's actually continuing into the next season. It is continuing into the next season. So what do you guys think of the adaptation to Shield Hero that's going on right now? Um, I, I've, um, the problem I have here is when I've read something to completion, mm-hmm. I'm a bit hesitant to watch it. I'm letting the other guys watch it and... Uh, um, my girlfriend watch it, and through their reactions, I'm interpreting how they're understanding mm-hmm. stuff. Um, like I'm in a, a weird situation because I, uh, my girlfriend, I tried to get her to read that when I was reading it a mm-hmm. long time ago, and she's like, "I'll read it once it gets an anime." Hmm. And okay, like, she wants to read the novel now, so clearly it's working. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying the adaptation thus far. I, it's not one that I've. I, that's actually a novel I haven't read personally, so this is. The anime is my introduction to the story, other than when we discuss it on the podcast. Right. Uh, but it's it's been a fun story thus far. 
it's right. definitely a different story because most isekai like what i what i really like about the story is that most isekai your heroes are overly powerful they're mm-hmm. the the tension comes because they're stronger than their enemies know but we know how strong they are right <laughs> And so it's this comeuppance of, like, how dare this weak enemy come up to our super powerful hero that hides that he's powerful. Right, um, exactly. But in, in Shield Hero, unlike in typical Isekai where the hero is given every advantage, he is given every disadvantage. It is just always made harder on him. Huh. Right. Um, at least thus far in the story. So it's been real fun. I mean, like, this isn't much of a spoiler, but what other story does it start with the main character being accused of uh, of something terrible, like horrible allegation? Like, you don't expect your MC true. to get me tooed. Yeah, you know? that's no true. No one expects that. And uh, I thought that that's what captured me to start me go, oh, hold up, wait a second. What just happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me keep going. How are they going to play this out? Right. No, that's fair. No, that's 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 fair. I mean, so are you guys happy then with this overall trend of like basically animating every light novel they can get their hands on? Um, I think they're good source material. So as long as they keep picking ones that are good, I'm very happy about it personally. I mean, they've been doing this for years and mm-hmm. they're finally getting to the point where they're getting the web novels, like web novels that have transitioned over. Right, they, like they're getting to the point where they get the web novels that I started with way before now. So now, like, I'm only like. Five years, five, six years ahead of the anime industry instead of being like, I don't know, 10 years ahead of the anime industry. <laughs> right. So, like, um, I love how, like, I call it and I'll type it out and I get to go, told you so every single time. It's fantastic. He's made, I think, three correct calls on our podcast before the shows were announced. Right. <laughs> no, no. I, I believe, well, I mean, some of them, they're just really good and they're really popular. So, well, of course, they're going to go for it. I mean, Kumo Dezuga was like, that getting announced, getting an anime, Kumo Desga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, like, that's uh, so I got translated. Uh, no, what? No, uh, so I'm a spider. So what? Yeah, yeah, I'm a spider. So what? Like that one. That one getting an anime is wild to me because that one's like, hey man, we about to play some games with this genre, mm-hmm. the the novel, and it pretty much your enjoyment of that novel will depend on if you are. If you are knowledgeable of the of isekai as a genre and you can enjoy people playing games with it. Right. The mystery, the twists depend on you knowing how this genre goes. Right. Okay. No, that that makes sense. So actually, I we should pivot then for I have a question then. So does um the Korean stuff, Richard, since you know the Korean stuff, does it have like cause the Chinese stuff has their Shansha, the Japanese have their Isekai. What do the Koreans have? The system. The, oh. It's all about the system. What system? Uh, the, uh, that depends on the book. It's usually some type of game element that okay. ends up turning it into. That's like the like that's like that's the popular genre. There's right. all uh, you, some, everything I've read always seems to start off with some kind of system, and then usually the system disappears, like in like Dungeon Defense, where the system is no longer a thing, but it's mm-hmm. totally a thing. Right? Yeah. yeah it, for me, I think it's typically divided into kind of two subgenres. Uh, one MMORPG mm-hmm. worlds where like there are people that are playing an MMORPG and then have a separate life as as a person, and the story tells both of them. And right. then there are the the kind of pseudo isekai stories 
where a person a game system gets in, installed on a person and they get pushed off to another world or left on earth and everyone else leaves or uh, yeah, yeah like everyone gets some kind of system or some type of like gamification of something hmm. whether it's a vr mmo or it's like uh uh the world is being attacked you're put in a, a tutorial or or you're put into a system or you get your own system to advance or you're the only person without a system and everyone else gets a system around you and what makes you strong is right existing against the system so there's always something some type of order thing around it and then the world then uses that as a base to either create mystery create drama do mm-hmm. something you know like I can name hundreds of novels where the system isn't important, but it's still a system. But there's always there's always going to be a system there in the background somewhere running. Pretty much. Huh. Interesting. So, okay then. Uh, so, because I don't know much about Korean web novels, because Korean ones are don't seem to be quite as popular, although maybe they're starting to get more popular. I would hope so. The ones I've read have been incredibly enjoyable and not what I've expected for the most part. I mean, like, the thing is, I think it's that people who got into Korean novels, mm-hmm. they started with uh, a one that's really hard to compete with, which is Legendary Moonlight Sculptor. Right. And because of Legendary Moonlight Sculptor, they don't, they, they're like, oh, all Korean novels are super long epics or like, or they're reading over gear on, on uh, yeah. And that's not, most Korean novels are shorter between like 90 and 200 chapters. Their story has a beginning, middle, and end. Usually has a satisfying ending. Usually leaves you wanting more. Right. Because it's like, I'm used to Chinese stuff where this is going to be a 9,000 chapter epic. <laughs> right. And this is just like a 200 chapter normal book. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it feels like right. Korean novels tend to be more like memoirs. They're about like a, a time period in a person's life that was real strong. Whereas the, the Chinese stories, you're going to be like, all right, here's a person that's born. And the end of the story is them becoming the most powerful person in the universe. Hmm. And you're going to learn about every single detail in between. Yeah, and you, you get to follow that entire Tao. Tread, that, tread, those, t- tread those steps right along with the hero. Right. Wow. I mean, there are Korean novels quite like, that are like that, where the guy is just impossibly strong. Like, mm-hmm. everything else is a returnee. Or Soul Station and Snekerancer, where it's like this gets nuts or like dimensional sovereign where it goes from a power a story about a guy whose management skills are his power to we are throwing like galaxies at each other so things does go do power up and scale mm-hmm. or or uh, like some korean novels also will borrow like the japanese typical japanese there's a demon king there's a mao or right. you have the martial arts stuff where it's about the Murum, the underground of the martial arts. Right, yeah. And there's not a system, you know, but it's, hmm. it's fun. It's fun. Usually, like, a lot more current events in Korean novels. Lots hmm. of, you're going to see America, you're going to see Japan. You're gonna see yeah, there's going to be nationalism. There's going to be, like, there's going to be cell phones and, and subways. And, like, all of these are going to be plot elements. <laughs> and there's going right. to be people ordering fried chicken. Yeah, there's got to be fried chicken in there somewhere. Odd, but uh, well, there, uh, a question with that now because I've noticed, um, especially with because because again, I don't know too much about the Korean stuff, but the Japanese stuff and the Chinese stuff, there seem to be really strong, really pronounced 
um, and a lot of cases even formulaic like um, genres and ways of doing the web novels. How important are those formulas to the fans? Like if you did something totally different, would that become a totally different thing and people wouldn't dig it? Or do you think it's just that everybody's still having fun with uh, these certain kinds of stories? Um, I think there's a little bit of both there. Um, the Following your normal genre conventions is an easy way to get people to pick your stuff up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's what you do with those conventions that that like makes you like, I don't know if you remember like the early nineties and the mid nineties when like, um, it was all about Mecha anime. Yeah. Right. You remember that? Like it was everywhere. Everyone wanted a Mecha anime, but there was so many thousands of Mecha anime, but you only really remember like specific Gundams, Evangelion, like the stuff that's like changed the game. Yeah. Right. And that, I think that's the key. Um, and if you're doing something that's outside the genre, your stuff has to be exemplary. Like it has to be good because you're competing in something that's so saturated that mm. it's hard to get people to to turn the page to you. You need either a amazing art, two a crazy concept, or three your formula needs to be executed perfectly. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And. Uh... That I guess it's super competitive, right? Because these writers are getting paid for this stuff, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. No, it, it is. It is their livelihood. So there's a lot of them that care that, that this is just pretty much all they do is, is they, they write a chapter a day or, or multiple chapters. And that's that's all they do is just right. write. Or, uh, or, or you do or they do a web novel for a while. They build a fan base. They're able to like rewrite it, put it to a light novel, set a light novel for a lot of money. Hopefully a light novel gets picked up and becomes an anime. Like, and then, you know, they're on easy street. I mean, like everybody wants to be like one where, you know, your crappy web comic. Well, you're, well, let me phrase that. You're well-written, but crappily drawn web comic right. gets picked up and turned into popular anime. You know, like everybody wants that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Make, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, could... I, I would say I, as far as I've seen it it is very much what Richard said it's divided like it, I the I see the ones that are strange get like talked about more but at the same time like and, and the ones that are formulaic I see a lot of complaints about like when as I'm reading the long-running series a lot of the ones that I'm very fond of like mm-hmm. every at the end of every chapter the top comment is somebody being like oh another chapter where they walked into a ceremony and they introduced some names and talked about where people were sitting and then the chapter ended yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, they do want some action, right? It's not its not just, you know, being introduced to stuff. You want something happening. And, and I get that. I, I do. But it, it's a it's just a, a an issue that comes with a, a daily chapter release, to be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, like, exposition's important in stories. you got to set up a scene for it to have the impact later. See, <laughs> I am I, – I guess I'm blessed from having uh, consumed so much Korean stuff. But there's stuff where it's like – this comes out once every three months, and it's the longest chapter you've ever read in your life. But it's <laughs> artful, and things happen, and you're shook at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you gotta wait another three months. That's what I I'm used to that, and that right. hurts a little bit more than daily chapters. <laughs> right? Maybe. Well, wait a sec. So, does the what pace does the Korean stuff usually come out at? Because I know the Chinese stuff is meant to be either daily or almost daily. I mean, there's daily ones, but like, um, there's stuff that is just legitimately set up 
like a real monthly novel or bi-monthly and some of the stuff I enjoy consuming mm-hmm. is I I think more like better written so it takes a little bit longer to come out mm-hmm. like oh. it's less like popcorn and more like this is a full course meal yeah right. I, I don't know if there's an answer that's like the same across all like everything but I would say in general you're probably going to have a longer release schedule in the Korean works and I think mm-hmm. that might just be a, a by virtue of the fact that I think there is somewhat of a smaller fan base for them at least in the English community Right. Um, so I don't think there's as many people interested in putting in the work to get them translated. Right. Yeah. Now, I think I heard that the main Korean site they put on is Munpia. Is that right? Yes. Munpia is is pretty much the Chidian of um, Korea. And then also you have like like self-published works, legit published web novels where like they put it on a website. They put it together and like uh, I'm not going to use Tankabon. That's the wrong phrasing put together into a book and then sold on shelves right and then and then of course you have like the you know kind of like the the line webtoons right where mm-hmm. like someone will handle releasing their stuff and it's designed to be consumed on phones so it it, it definitely has its own ecosystem right. right okay it has its own ecosystem okay so, sorry don were you gonna ask something well i was just i was just wondering because um when you look at the uh, the 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 web novels like i i know the the japanese and the chinese ones there was kind mm-hmm. of an odd dichotomy between what we got here and what was published there because we had like the fan translations for the longest time and it was kind of um it seemed sort of hit or miss because it would be whatever caught people's attention seemed to be what everybody would 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 bring what sword art online would bring over regardless of what was actually coming out. And I'm wondering how different is, say, the the publishing here, because we're dealing with the translations and what people decide to translate, with what's actually being published overseas? Like, is there a big difference between um, what becomes a hit and what gets all the attention or not? Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, I think, honestly, the ones that get translated over here are the ones that the translators are aware are good series. They're they're like either fan, like things that the translator is a fan of the author or the translator is aware of the general story of the book and they want to bring that to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's evidenced if you look at kind of um, like Munpia and Chidian have worked to kind of create their own platforms to share um, their novels. Right. And if you look at them, there are just so 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 many novels and so many of them Mm -hmm. look like they are not good like they have (laughs) not had quality put into them they are just people trying to cash grab or do whatever it happens to be but the fact that they have so much content to put out there and release um shows that clearly we are there is some selection going into the novels that are coming over here i mean we had the uh before chidian took over with like their web their web novel app okay Mm -hmm. we the stuff we got from China at least, was consistently fantastic because it was cherry-picked. Right. Now that we have web novels, and I can read through literally one of the thousands of novels they have on there. I picked a random one just to test it out, okay? Mm-hmm. I picked one. What's this one? It just came out. Let me read it. And I, you get 400 chapters in. It's like, this is the worst thing I've ever consumed. <laughs> right. And, and there's so many that are just awful. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get into it and you're going to use the official apps... Only read what's up top, like the number one, number one through 10. And only read them if they've been up there a while. If they're like 
brand new, been up there a couple days. Mm-hmm. They've been artificially inflated up there, and it's hot trash. Don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think you could probably say that for a lot of the manga that get translated and such, oh, too. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Uh, no, there's, there's more than our share of trash. And in fact, there's a huge number of manga coming out or that are basically just light novels in manga form. Um, literally they're taking the, you know, they're getting the rights to a light novel or not. And they're just turning them into a manga at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many of those or like, like I, I love going to like the random, like illegal manga sites and mm-hmm. looking at the top one and be like, mm, those are all novels I've read. I wonder how, how good they are. Oh, this is five really crappily drawn chapters of, of novel. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh man. Huh. Although, actually, I want to ask you about this. So right now in the at least manga reading community, there's a, there's a manga, Bimanhua, because it's Korean, actually, that's an adaptation of a Korean web novel called Solo Leveling. That, oh, yeah. Solo Leveling has a manhwa now? Wow. Oh, my, oh, my God, dude. It's the, not only does it have a manhwa, people have gone insane for it in English. Wow. Jeez. You, you didn't know I about that? It. Okay. I, I've been, I don't know, I've been... I used to be really, really up on my manga manhwa game, and then, uh, like, because of Trading the Path of Heaven, I haven't had the time oh, okay. to maintain. Sure. sure, blame the podcast. My, sure, sure. My web novel, my my webtoon, because I used to be up on my webtoon. Like, I'm behind on like everything I was reading from like you know, uh, God of High School to you know Tower of God and the the other ones uh i know like tells demons of gods has a really popular manga going on right now it does. basically yep, that's naruto mm-hmm. so like I, I don't know man like it's hard <laughs> it's hard to know everything yeah i'm kind of in the same boat i kept i think that's actually part of what got me into web novels was i was reading so much manga at some point i was following like 20 or 30 of them and there was and just like reading completed ones all the time Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, I need to read books again. And then my friend recommended Coiling Dragon. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'm just not reading manga anymore. I guess I'm just reading again. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, it got you reading. That's the important thing. I Yeah, I can't say that I truly hate that. It's It's been nice reading words again. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on some of these awesome mangas that are coming out. Or, like, mangas that I'm like, oh, this is going to be a hit. And mm-hmm. now, like, I read, like, the first, like, 20 chapters of it and then disappear in the web novels and then two years later oh that thing i was reading has an anime and it's super popular oh no i'm one of those now yep yep <laughs> well it's called getting older dude it's called getting older uh, uh that's the way it works out but okay so why don't we actually go actually let's talk about the podcast for a minute so when did you guys first start podcasting uh, i want to say it was it was right when we moved over to Winter 2016. Yeah, winter 2016. What does that um, mean? <laughs> so we all are originally from Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. We all were working together at uh, Jimmy John's, I think, at the time, uh, with the exception of Seth. And um, we were just trying to find a different place to be. Um, so Seth was moving to, or not, was moving up to Aspen because he had been working at the ski resorts there for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just all kind of followed him up there. We decided to do it, and three weeks later, we were working at the ski resort in Aspen. Um, okay. But one of the reasons why we had all kind of become friends is because we had figured out that all of us read these books, and it's hard to find other people that read web novels because it's kind of a niche community. Right. 
Um, so when we discovered that we had this, that we actually had people we could talk about with stories, <laughs> half the reason we did the podcast is because we want to gush about these stories and we don't have a place to do it. Mm. Yeah, this this blew my mind because I was, you know, I was in college at the time and I was working part time and I'd come into work and I'm like, nose deep into my phone reading tells the demons and gods, I think it was. And then, you know, Kitty just walks up to me and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> you know this? Right. How? And then, like, and then, and then time moves forward and we're outside of a bowling alley because it was like a work event. And we're outside a bowling alley and we're talking about web novels. And I'm like, hey, we should do a podcast. I'm like, if only I had microphones. And then Richard's mm-hmm. like, I'm a sound god. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, and so are there four or five of you on the podcast? Um, there are four of us on the podcast. It is Richard and I, um, and then two of our other roommates who are Seth and Bill. Right. Okay. Uh, um, and we, we all move out to Aspen and then we've all subsequently moved out to Portland, Oregon together. Um, still all together. Okay. Well, th- that's awesome. You're just like this traveling group of uh, web novel evangelists who go from city to city. <laughs> preaching the good word Pre- preaching the gospel amen um okay and so how many episodes of the podcast have you done uh, uh if we were to count all of them it's it's 30 episodes if we okay. count all of it not counting like enlightenment well counting enlightenments and uh nights we've recorded way more than that so the reason why there's not more out is there's certain nights that i am Kind of hesitant to put out just a little bit, but I should just get over that and put out, you know. What are those that you're talking about? You, our, our audience had probably uh, has no idea. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we uh, we have kind of different names for all of our different types of episodes. Uh, the ones where we just do our typical reviews are just our normal episodes. But if um, we do enlightenment for our interview episodes, so if we get like a translator or an editor mm-hmm. on the show and we interview them, um, we'll call those our enlightenment episodes. Um, our nights episodes are kind of our our special episodes where typically we'll only we'll try to talk about kind of more of the beginning of a story so as to not spoil the later plot elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll try and focus more on the motifs and the things that make the story unique, as opposed to you know like a plot summary. Right. Um, but with the nights, obviously, there's a lot that that means there's a lot of things that are cool that we can't talk about. So with nights episodes, we allow ourselves to talk about things uh, without worrying about spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. Usually the people that are doing the night's episodes have because uh, we, we normally only have people that have read significantly into the books doing the nights. Right. Um, so we, we, we try and do that. Uh, it's not to say that with everyone's finished everything all the time, but we try and uh, we try and have the people do most of the books so that we can talk about all the interesting stuff. Because, like, I just got to talk about Hemmers and Coiling Dragon and we'll need to understand how cool Hemmers is. Or okay. like... Um... Or well, talk about my my Korean novel like, like like Socialist Necromancer, and like I'm going to spoil the crap out of this because people need to understand just how amazing that novel is, mm-hmm. and it's criminal. Not more people have read it. <laughs> like it's it's so good and it hurts. It's such a short, like easy to read story, and it's so satisfying. Okay, so this is Soul Station Necromancer. So yeah. why don't you tell our audience about it then? So why should they be reading Soul Station Necromancer? Okay, so I think Soul Station Necromancer is 
Uh, before I used to say, hey, you want to read a Korean novel? Read Dungeon Defense. But I realized that's not fair to other Korean novels. You really should read something like Soul Station's Necromancer because it gives you an idea of one, all of the tropes in a Korean novel. Mm-hmm. And you get to deal with the system. You get to deal with a guy trying to destroy the system. You get to deal with his interaction with his friends and family. And and it also lampshades Isekai. So, like, the main character starts. The first episode is, this is the main character returning from his original Isekai journey mm-hmm. back to the new world. Except he still has the, some of those powers. Right. Yeah, no. Soul Station Necromancer is the story of the most powerful necromancer in a different world having a new game plus back on Earth. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. For our audience does, who doesn't don't know what New Game Plus is, be more um, specific. New Game Plus is a concept in video games where um, you, after you are done playing a game, you start over with some portion of what you finish the game with. So all of, having all of your items or skills or money or etc. Uh, depending okay. on the game. Uh, in this case, he knew all of his necromancy skills. He still had to re-level, but he knew about all of them and didn't have to master them. He just had to level up enough to unlock them. And he still had all of his dudes he recruited, mm-hmm. except, like, they were locked away. And he had to get to the point where he could get that. So he had knowledge, and he also knew about the central bad guys already. Right. He just didn't know that how deep it really went. So basically, right. he had already succeeded uh, in the when he initially was an Isekai main character, except he pretty much triggered the wrong flags and got the bad end. Back okay, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a fun story. Like the the whole general premise is that once he's come back, the the like subterranean things all across the world have been turned into um, MMORPG esque dungeons mm-hmm. where they have to be cleared, and if they're not cleared in a certain amount of time, a bunch of monsters just spawn out of them and destroy everything around them. But it's cool. It's in the real world, so it influences stuff like uh, the cost, the housing market, and the economy, and countries oh. dealing with the politics of having people who can clear these in time and save mm-hmm. people's lives and having to play politics with the own his own corrupt government. And you see him, like, walk up to his government building in Seoul and start pimp-slapping politicians. And it's great. Like, it's just really fun. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to do a slight spoiler here just to tempt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a certain point where he gets drafted. And his solution is, oh, I'll go to North Korea and end the war. That way I won't have to deal with being drafted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, no, no. He destroyed all of terrorism. That's another thing you need to realize. <laughs> By being so ridiculous that no one could do it. And, he, and it's like, oh, you want to go to Allah? I'll send you all to Allah by just killing everyone. That's the kind of character he is. And he's like, he takes souls. And then, like, if you're a powerful assassin, mm-hmm. I'm going to recruit you to join me. It's fine. It's what we do. Right. It's super fun. It's super ri- ridiculous. Current events, they even reference, like, popular, like... To, uh, Korean TV shows you can go back and watch you know when you're done reading like mm-hmm. it's great man like it, it's super fun it has great mystery great romance yeah we actually did do an episode on it so if you if you are interested feel free to check out that episode on our show okay yes definitely okay it sounds good and you mentioned another one Korean one called Dungeon Defense what's up with that uh, 
Uh, it's artful. It, that's the best way to explain it. It's art. Uh, uh, you ever meet an MC that's so smart it hurts? Like so smart, I can't imagine how you sat down and wrote this character. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the MC of Dungeon Defense, and then the MC, uh, the 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 position the the main character who you're following kind mm-hmm. of like uh a song of ice and fire jumps from point of view to point of view so you get right. to see how glorious this main character is from the mindset of other very very competent people right I, there's uh it just it it has the ability to set up these scenes that are incredibly powerful and because it, it's so good at manipulating information and making you aware of who knows what information, I remember mm-hmm. this one scene in particular where they're all at a council and one person dies and they tell this scene three different times. Mm-hmm. One from the perspective of everyone that's in the council, one from the perspective of the main character, and one from the perspective of the dying person. And it's <laughs> like, it's all different. Right. Yo, it makes oh. you feel bad, too, for the people who fell the great game. This is one of those, if you lose, you die. Because the main character isn't physically powerful. He doesn't really even have a special ability. He's just good at talking and manipulating. He has one special ability. The game gave him a lot of broken options, and he chose the ability to find to know someone's affection level towards him. That's the, that's the entire gamification that occurs in this entire series. And then it never shows up again. <laughs> like, like, it's there, and clearly he's using this to his advantage. But it's like... What is your opinion of me? And I'm going to use this to my advantage. Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. like and what do you dislike? And he just takes that and he also takes his outside, his, 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 oh man, they do this. They set up a guy who has serious issues. Like everyone's crazy and everyone's broken, but they're cra- They're bro- how, how broken they are, mm-hmm. they utilize it to their strengths because they're competent. It's hmm. Well, it's so hold, good. Well, hold on like, a sec, guys. What is the actual premise of Dungeon Defense? Let's let's deal with that right. first. Sure. There's a guy. His dad's crazy. Super competent individual. Is in prison um, because of all of his horrible crimes that he was able to do because of how competent he was. The dad or the son? The dad. Okay. Like, he, um, they ran, like, a super rich, super powerful company. And he... Uh, he his dad was also a bit of he had a bit of a harem, and this right. is the son. The main character is the product of this harem, where the two wives hate each other and just yeah. And he watched this whole thing happen, where his his family was turned against each other because they were fighting over the inheritance and all of this stuff. He just swore it off. He he's like, I have earned enough money on my own competence and mm-hmm. my own strength to survive mm-hmm. and retire for the rest of my life. I'm going to buy cheap food. I'm going to buy video games. I'm going to keep the lights on. And I have enough money to do that for the rest of my life. So peace out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts doing that. He has this mantra of like no friends, no women, no anything. Like he's not going to do anything. And so he plays this one game to completion. Dungeon Attack. He's like the best at it. He's so good at this one RPG. What gives you all these options. Like imagine Skyrim mm-hmm. with an actual main story that matters. And... um. All these options you can do, and you can make bad decisions and all other stuff, right? So, like, mm-hmm. take, like, Skyrim, but it's Fate Stay Night together. Right. And he goes through that and does all that. He needs to become a hero, defeat 72 Demon Lords, whatever. Except, is and it's the hardest strategy game of all time. He beats it, like, perfectly. Except, little do they know, beating the game is a bad thing because the world ends. Huh. Oh, like, yeah, you're you're on a quest to defeat the demon lords, 
But the magic of the demon lords is what keeps the world existing. So as soon as you defeat the last one, the world is destroyed and it's the bad end. Too bad. <laughs> um, so then he gets this cryptic message like, hey, do you want to... I don't remember the exact thing, but it's essentially like, do you want to defend the dungeon? What Do you remember the exact quote? I don't know. Uh, I... It's, it, essentially, he gets invited in t- it, to, to do something extra regarding the game. And he's like, yeah, I could do this. I'm a master of this game, for sure. Mm. So he clicks it. And the isekai trope happens. He gets pulled into the world. But it's brutal because they pull him in as the weakest demon lord. And, like, his life is not like, I'm the weakest demon. No. He is in danger. Both his arms are broken. He is being tortured. <laughs> and the only way out is to talk, somehow use his tongue and his knowledge of the world and people to get out of the situation. Like, imagine you woke up and you've been bagged and you're being waterboarded and tortured. Mm-hmm. And you have no powers. You're just, you're weaker than you've ever been. And right. now you got to live. Okay. And so now and- he's got to work his way up through the Demon Lord ranks then. Yes and no. He has no real interest in doing that, other than the fact that he understands that power will allow him to live a lazy life. <laughs> Living a lazy life is his major motivation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That works. But he's so competent, but that living a lazy life leads him to heights of political power that is hard to understand. Because unfortunately, there are people who are as intelligent as he is here. He's mm-hmm. not the only super genius. He's not the only person who knows his stuff. It's right. just because there's people as competent as he is, he can't rest until right. they're dead because the world isn't large enough. For him to be able to enjoy life, huh. right? <laughs> okay, that but it's pretty, uh, it's impressive. incredibly written, beautifully translated, and has like incredible art from the light novels that's been included. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll make a point of linking to that in the show notes. So, hmm. are there any other uh, Korean novels that people should probably check out? I I would personally recommend Overgeared on Usha World. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Very much in the vein of Legendary Moonlight Sculptor, where it is a person playing an MMORPG um, and finding exception like uh, one that has overtaken the world in popularity, mm-hmm. um, such that achievements in the world of the game are significant enough to affect real life. Right. Well, why not read Legendary Moonlight Sculptor? This name seems to come up a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could read Legendary Moonlight Sculptor, but that is a task. That's there's like <laughs> fifty volumes of that, I believe. Oh my is- god long it is it is a very fun story but it's it's crazy there's a whole book where he just becomes a skeleton print captain but here's the thing it's really it's really good so like you can't like like it's one of those where yes uh what was what's what's the worst like you know how people should probably watch gintama Mm-hmm. But don't watch Gintama because it's so long and there's so much of it. That would or be like one, one piece. piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one piece. piece. Yeah. One piece is really good, but it's also long. Yeah, and 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 it, it takes takes a while. It's an undertaking, mm-hmm. and you know you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it if you read Legendary Moonlight Scepter. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love Jamshi's. You're gonna love. <laughs> you're gonna love so much stuff in it and, and, and it has this cast of characters and everyone's important and there's books where like the main character isn't a main character you're following a whole other main character and like but it's all good so mm-hmm. it's fine it's just it's i don't think it's best to start with that because you might be so shaken by its length that you'll right. be unmotivated so okay 
So okay, so it's better to start with something a little shorter, like <laughs> Soul Station Necromancer, for example. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's an excellent that that's an excellent one to jump in on. Uh, Dungeon Defense is an excellent one to read as well. But like Richard mm-hmm. said, it's it's written so beautifully and eloquently that it's kind of hard for most translated works to maintain that level of just eloquence is really the best way to say it. Shout out to Salvation Translations. They do great work and they like their translation, they're like they go they work really hard to communicate even like the stylized bits of 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 the way words are placed on a page. Mm-hmm. They work to mimic that right. in their translation. So it's like wow. it's it's hard to see that. So they take a little bit longer to translate, but everything they translate super high value like mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it, I'll, it's I'll link to them in the show notes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So then, what would the best Chinese ones to start with be then? Ooh. I mean, I always want to say Coiling Dragon just because I personally love Coiling Dragon, but I think it's recently been. Is it still up on Usha World? I think they might have taken it down since they've done an official release of it. Oh, oh is there an official release? Yeah there there is an official release. I believe uh, there's. I know there's ebooks. There may be. Yeah, I know that they've definitely done ebooks on uh, Amazon, I believe, where you can do the entire Coiling Dragon series um, in, in official books that that Rand worked to help put out. I shall sell the heavens. I will always, always recommend. Big recommend. I shall. I sl- okay. This is another mm-hmm. one, kind of like Legendary Moonlight Sculptor, where I didn't read it because I was shook by how long it was. Right. I was like new to Chinese novels, and I didn't. But I should have read it from the beginning because it's super good. But it might it might skew you. I I personally started with Tales of Demons and Gods before I got deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't start with that. It's it's had issues with its it stopped coming out essentially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I read Tales of Demons so and Gods, so yeah, I know what happened. Yeah, where the author basically lost interest and wandered off to do something else. Yeah, yeah, and but but prior to that, it was amazing, and then it just suddenly kind of just peters out. Hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate, yeah. I think everything that happened before they did their kind of ascension arc in that series was was excellent, uh, and then yeah, it kind of yep. lost its way a little bit after that. Yeah, exactly. And now you would think the fact that they're doing a CGI animated TV series version of it in China, and they're doing there's a manga version of it, and you would think this would inspire the writer to come back and actually finish it, but no, nah. no, apparently not. Nope, nope. He's. I I personally think he just lost. Um, I think he doesn't know where to go with it. I think he just kind of, I think he just fell and he just like kind of abandoned it and wandered off. I, I think, I think he was writing a bigger story than he could cash. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Or maybe he'll eventually come back to it. He's working on another one, which I can't remember the name of, but he's still writing. He just kind of wandered off. Um, yep. By the way, Quelling Dragon, you're right. Wuxia World only has three chapters up. Yep. And basically it's basically, here's the sample version. Here's the sampler. If you want the rest of it, off you go. To Amazon yeah. to, to buy it, which okay, that can be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's worth the the story, in my opinion. Um, and uh, tales of uh, tales of demons and gods is also worth it up until a certain point. In which case, well, yeah, it's not worth it anymore. The, the minute he's no longer worried about his base town, just stop reading it. It's like yeah, oh, yeah. Well, the time to pack this up. And, uh, and but honestly, that, effectively, uh, the story is over at that point. You know, he reaches yeah. his, his ascension stage. He's done. Okay, just stop reading there and everyone will be happy. Yeah, it pretty much ties up all the plot points presented up until that point. So it's fine. 
Yeah, yep, yeah, that's true. So you could say it kind of ends. It just, anyway. <laughs> um, but okay, so we've got Coiling Dragon, I Shall See the Heavens, of course, which, because we actually had Deathblade on the show last year as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, of course, recommends the hell out of that one, obviously, for obvious reasons. It's so funny. Yeah, it's it so is. so good. And like, like, it's very, it's not very often that I feel the rage of mm-hmm. the main character. I feel the love of the main character. Right. Lindley and Coiling Dragon. I felt that. When his family is hurt, I feel that rage. And right. you want that in a, you want that out of a novel. Uh if I can make a suggestion, and this is my personal favorite, mm-hmm. King's Avatar. If King's you, Avatar, okay. It's, it's, I, I love it. It's so good. Oh. Uh, it's like uh Esports. It's Esports The Cultivation novel. Right. <laughs> esports right. cultivation. You should definitely read it. If you love esports or or if you've ever competed as a esports player or a competitive mm-hmm. fighting game or uh did arena and wow or anything, you're gonna love it. It it is so good. It's the reason why it's so popular in China and it's getting a live action TV show and it already has an anime. Yeah, it has an anime. Anime's getting another season. Tencent's putting a lot of money into it. It's really right. good. Oh, okay. That's that's good. How about uh, Against the Gods? I've heard that one before. <laughs> I that is a personal favorite novel of mine. Um, I it's I it's at the it's the cherry on the end of my web reading as I'm going through all of my stories to catch up on them. That's the one I saved for last. Personally, it used to be mm-hmm. Desolate Era, but that story's over now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a little era. Jining. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, anything so by good. I Eat Tomatoes, I recommend. Uh, uh, yeah, I Eat Tomatoes, by the way, folks, is the actual name of the author. Or that's, that's his, his Chinese name is literally I Eat Tomatoes. That's his yeah. alias. Four Coiling Dragons, Stellar Transformations, Desolate Era, Lord Jue Ying. There's all sorts of fun ones that have when been When you're translated. reading him, when you're reading I Eat Tomatoes, if you start from like his like first novel and you move up, you can see he just gets better at writing as he mm. moves forward. Like 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 it actually shakes you because he goes from like like not saying that Stellar Transformation isn't good because it's good. It's just you clearly he became a stronger author. Mm-hmm. As he moved to Coiling Dragon, and from Coiling Dragon, he used those what he learned with that to move in a desolate era. You right. know, you feel it. You okay. Feel it. Okay. And um, so, and t- so, let's just do our little tour. So, for uh, Japanese stuff, what would you say is the best uh, starter? I guess light novels or web novels from Japan. Honestly, I'd say now's honestly a good time to get into that time I got reincarnated as a slime because if you like it, there's a lot of supplementary material to, to enjoy as well. Yep, definitely. Um, Ten Station Slime Dot Ken. It's been uh, th- th- that's what I said. My bad. Uh, what what is it? Um, what I just oh yeah, Rising of the Shield Hero. Rising uh, of the Shield Hero, which we mentioned. Tate earlier. no Yusha. Tate no Yusha. Yep. Um, that one's has an anime right now. The web novel is very, very different than the light novel. Web novel's entirely online. It's been finished for a long time. Go check it out. It's really mm-hmm. fun. There's a couple of spots where the translations get a little rough, and then another group picks it up. But right. honestly, that's something you should experience if you're reading tri- uh, web novels, is um, even bad translations can make sense in your mind once you've read enough. You okay. Hmm. Um... And I would, of course, there's always the classic light novels. There's Dorara or, um, you know, 
Parahi or all those other ones that are a good ways of getting yourself into it. If you're trying to read right. something right now, that's definitely going to be big later and going to mm-hmm. be an anime. And you can be ahead of all of your friends. Death mate. Who doesn't want a fourth time. Go read definitely. She doesn't want a fourth time. She doesn't want a fourth time. You guys did just did a show about that recently. Oh boy. Did we, it is my cherry on top. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, it does not update often, but when it does, it is a fun time. Cause those chapters are long and satisfying. So uh, why don't you pitch that to our audience? So what is yeah. Death Mage who doesn't want a fourth time? What's it about? Um, all right. So it's going to be another Isekai story. Um, we've got a kid who dies on a ferry with a hundred of his classmates. I think maybe mm-hmm. 101, but whatever. Um, they wake up in, a, in an area and a god's like, hey, congratulations. I'm sending you to another world with broken powers. Um, and so they start calling people's names one by one. They get to what the god assumes is the last one. Uh, hey, Amemiya Hirodo. What, uh, oh, that's weird. You're the last name on the list here, but uh, I've got two more portions of power. I'll just give them both to you, and you'll be awesome. Congratulations. Turns out there was another guy named Amamiya Hiroto who oh, was right. actually next. And the god ruining the reincarnation is just a giant idiot. He's an <laughs> okay. asshole and a dick. Okay. <laughs> guy. He is the actual antagonist of the series, regardless of what anyone else says. Okay. Um, but they he realizes shortly after he sends all these people to the new world, he realizes, oh shit, there's another guy here. Um and one person responded that like, oh no, I actually don't want this deal. I just want to get go back into the normal reincarnation and live a normal life. Mm-hmm. Um so this guy's not there when they show up and all the people in the class don't know what everyone else did, so they just assume that was the guy that you know, decided to go back to the world. Right. Um, so Rod Court is like, I'm upset that this person doesn't have, uh, like, that we don't have the ability. So I'm just like, I'm going to. It's brutal. So he's like, so not only can I not give you nothing, you have no, no natural blessing from God. Mm-hmm. No one loves you. No one's going <laughs> to love you. You're going to live a short life. It's going to be painful. I hope you. Don't hold this against me or hold this against yourself. You guys it's like really depressing stuff. novels. And and he's like and It's Alvia, only depressing like right at the beginning, don't no, worry. No, no. And he is like, what but but and yes, you, you you like yes, you have an empty slot in your you're gonna have a ton of mana. You're gonna have a lot of mana, but you will have no talent, so you won't be able to use it. Um so <laughs> Um, I hope you have a good one. And when you die, I, you'll meet me back here and we'll figure out what's going on. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. and then he's born, uh, the son of a prostitute. Oh, wait, 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 there's a middle life. Don't forget about his time on origin. Oh uh, yeah. He gets reincarnated as basically he, he, he develops what is called this, this new attribute of mana called death mana. Yeah. That's mm. the same. That's the same birth, right? Um, because the, they sold him, oh, the, sorry, prostitute, right. the prostitute. The prostitute, the prostitute and the, there was a pimp over the prostitute who was like, we don't want the stupid kid. And he sold that kid into slavery. And this is like a first world country, but they sold the kid into like slavery as just whatever. But they discover that this kid has a crap ton of mana. And, and they're like, we're going to experiment. So like literally like imagine like America or Germany or Britain. Taking mm-hmm. a little kid who was a slave, has no parents, locking him up and doing experiments because they think they might have figured out the secret to longevity. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because he has a because this is a world where it has normal technology, but they also have basic magic here too. 
and it, he has a form of magic that does not exist on this plane called death magic. And so they study the hell out of this. As they're studying, he learns a lot about ma- death magic because he is the conduit for it. So he basically becomes a master death magician. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then as things are moving along, um, they start realizing, like, you know, they can perfect sterilization. They can um, stop the aging of crops and, or speed it up to work with fermentation or preservation. That's pretty good. And they start developing all these tools that operate out of his death mana that change the way the world works. Unlimited energy, things that just, like, taking, like, missing souls, like, mm-hmm. souls that have no personality, putting it in a machine and using that as the machine, the power of the machine. Huh. Like, crazy stuff, like, super progressing basic life. But mm-hmm. because they don't want to risk this kid, because this kid could easily break out and do some stuff, they disconnect his brain from his 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 spine. They do horrific torture to this kid, like scientists, and they're and like kids are like graduating, interning here, and you know doing things with his body, doing stuff, and they're they're experimenting on other children and other people, trying to give death magic to them and creating zombies and horrific things. Okay, so then there's a terrorist attack. Uh huh. <laughs> this kid's very unlucky. We've established this. I think we've established that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he dies, and he comes, shows back up in the reincarnation space. And Rodcourt's like, "All right, it's cool. Just one more time, and you're back in the normal cycle. I'll make sure this one goes really fast. Here's some curses. You can't gain experience. You can't you you can't cho- change it to a job class that currently exists in the world. And um. Oh no, it's super bad. Yeah, he can't do a lot of things. <laughs> it's it's one more that's also like crippling. Well, yeah, and he, awful. he did this because one when 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 the boy died, he was filled with so much rage, and mm-hmm. of course he had just been killed from terrorist attacks. But it was like terrorist attacks from people who he knew. He tried to speak with him, but because his body's been manipulated and fucked up so bad, they couldn't recognize what he was. So, like, he was killed by the people he thought would save him. That was keeping him sane. They're going to save me. They're heroes. They're going to save me. And they didn't. They murdered the shit out of him. Yeah, they're like, it's okay. me. And it's like, oh, God, an undead zombie. Kill it, kill it, kill it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, And he gets there, and he's raged. Record's like, I can't have you risking that. And the real plan is to really progress this so I can get more souls from this transmigration cycle. So let me send you here, and you're going to do it. Except when he goes there... He gets a little help from some of the hidden gods on this planet, and they pull him out of Radcourt's trans, uh, his transmigration system, mm-hmm. and he's born to a mother who actually loves him. Like, and he's not experienced love his whole life. Like, mm-hmm. love the whole life, not just that life on origin, the life on Earth. He experienced no love. Right. It's awful, mm-hmm. and he feels it, and. Somehow the world in Rodcore in the universe is still out to get him here, but he finds a way to not get reincarnated a fourth time. He finds a way not to die, which explains the name. He's the death mage. He doesn't want a fourth time. Yeah, he, he refuses to go back and put himself under Rodcore's power again. So he's like, I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever in this world and fuck you. <laughs> right. Okay. So he's just determined not to let himself die in that world. Yeah, and so it goes through his whole story, and I mean, there's more tragedy and more cool things that happen, but he basically, like, figures out ways around, there's there's a lot of loopholes in the curses that got set. Because Rodcourt sucks. Because Rodcourt <laughs> is super incompetent. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's fantastic, 
Uh, it's super fun. It's like the it's like when you're reading it, it's like this is the most Japanese thing I've read in a long time. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not. So it's like mm-hmm. it it knows that you've probably read a Japanese isekai before. So it 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 it, it has fun with that formula. And it's really snappy, and it's really fun, and all of the characters are great, and all of the characters are important, and mm. you're just you're just gonna love the characters, and like the fights are great. You really feel like he's in danger when he's fighting, but like mm-hmm. at the same time, his growth as a character is so. Also, he's like a death mage, so most of the sur- the people surrounding him are like monsters, like ghouls, and like demons and zombies and all that like mm. he just attracts the undead to him and so he but he like civilizes them so they're like running this there's all these countries of like people that are like supposedly civilized and they're running on like nothing they've got like pre-industrial era technology and then there's this person who are supposedly this mult- monster civilization who are like have running water and <laughs> Right, right. Oh, yeah, I think sunlight and all the other stuff. And that goes back. So, like, there's a big mystery behind everything that's going on with pure previous Isekai dudes that mm-hmm. betrayed each other, like, betrayed their own te- people who were trying to save things because he was a real environmentalist. Like, he was uh, actually, no, a slacktivist. He was a slacktivist in Earth. <laughs> and he right. doesn't like technology or all this stuff. He's like, this place is perfect being really basic and having people dying as children and all this shit. So he went out of his way to stop things from progressing and technology not to move forward. And hmm. uh, I don't know. It's super fun. It's a lot of factions. There's politics going on behind things, but it's super fun to read. And I definitely recommend it. And it's definitely going to get an anime 100%. There's no way it doesn't. Okay. It's if too fun of a story. The, all the depressing and horrible elements of it, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it's, we talked a long time about that, but that's like, happens so fast in the story that's like the first two chapters <laughs> oh okay they kind of speed through it yeah it's it's not does not it's a lot of long time it, it happens very quickly and yes there's tragedy but there's also like satisfaction because mm-hmm. like the tragedy with his new mom creates his new goal right right like there's always something driving him for his own will he, he's a self-progressing main character mm-hmm. uh but the world throws curveballs at him, and you get to see him duck and dive with it, and that's super dope. Right, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, and, and the fun part is is that he really is starting to have a good life in this life. Like, it, this is not, unlike every other life, he does finally start to experience good things in this life. So when he has just those normal experiences that he's been craving in his other lifetimes, mm-hmm. you really feel it with him. You're really like... It's just a simple bowl that he's sharing of like food that he's sharing with family, but it's such a significant moment for him, right? That it's yeah. really important and fun to read. Uh, the way I would explain it is, it's an isekai where the main character basically becomes like it's like if the MC from Overlord wasn't a virgin, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's the best way to explain it. Because yes, what he's doing to depending on your morals would be considered monstrous. But he right. is the most good. There's no bad, good, good and evil that doesn't exist in real life. And to his people, friends, family, country, mm-hmm. he is the penultimate good guy. But to, to a different country, he would be like the demon of all demon kings. Right. So, like, you get to see both sides, and it's great. Okay. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um. So, I want to ask then. So, 
since this has kind of come up a few times, so how are Japanese, Korean, and Chinese novels different from each other? Like how flavor-wise and tone-wise and that, how do they differentiate from each other? Um, <laughs> typically, your Japanese novels, they're going to be a little bit more lighthearted. I mean, obviously, there are exceptions in all three of these. But right. in a general sense, they're going to be a little bit more lighthearted. They're probably going to have a little bit more Western sensibilities of, like, there being a moral to the story and, like, good should win out or there should be a reason why it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're, you're going to get a lot more of that kind of storytelling. Again, there are exceptions. The main characters usually in Japanese novels are a lot softer, a lot, a lot. I'm not going to use alpha beta, but a lot more soft. Like, like they're, they're less, you know how uh, more passive. MC is going to live his life very, you're not going to disrespect me. I want to slap you in the face. Your mm-hmm. woman is mine. Uh, what, what else? What else? You're not gonna tread on me. I'm gonna kill your whole family. Being, be giving you mercy is being merciless to myself. Mm-hmm. So you can't live. They're, they're, no, the Japanese main character is gonna make those traditional. You know, I'm a good guy. We're gonna I'm save everybody's guy. life. We're gonna save everybody. Yeah. Nakama, all that. You know, um, very show like a lot of shonen protagonists. But even mm-hmm. the, the seinen characters still have a little bit of that. Being a little softer, uh, uh, romance being something saved for the end of the story. In Chinese mm-hmm. novels, you 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 see a, a guy get his wife first few chapters, or or you'll see him fall in love and then have that love taken from him, or like like they're mm-hmm. more they're more free with their stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. Korean novels are a bit in between on that romance stuff. Sometimes the romance is at the end. Sometimes the romance is the beginning. Sometimes. But like it's not a place that does not like doesn't get tread, you know. Like mm-hmm. uh, romance isn't going to be unrequited for the most part in a Chinese novel, right? Even like the romance novels, it's not unrequited. Yeah, um, <laughs> Korean novels you're typically going to have. Um, I feel like they're a little bit darker than Japanese, obviously, cause since we're marking them as like the the highest, the softest, I guess. Um, people, the the people in the stories usually come from very much like down on your luck. Mm-hmm. Um, people that were either like deeply in debt or, you know, um, had to support two family members and were like working seven jobs since they were th- <laughs> like 13 and lying about their age. Right. Um, it, it's, you're, you're going to have those kind of backstories for your character. A lot of the time, a lot of their personalities tend to be derived from that. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of characters that are like either miserly or very untrusting of anyone. Um, because of those backstories. And so the the darkness in Korean novels, I think, tends to come a lot more from the main character's perspective on the world, where it's it's not viewed as this darkness is correct or incorrect. It's like more of a personality trait of the main character mm-hmm. um, and the experiences mm-hmm. he's had in life. Right. You're going to see realistic portrayals of daddy issues or like realistic, like... Um, realistic views, like realistic worldviews, where like you see a character that's just like not really trusting of the government because you know, right? Yeah, I'm a little guy. Government's done nothing for me. There's corruption there, or you'll see him like have very Korean viewpoints of America, or mm-hmm. or dealing with China. Like like you'll see like China does some really dirty stuff in mm-hmm. Korean novels, like some really like oh yo the world has united. Who betrayed us? It was either Japan or Korea. 
competing against hmm. each other by messing over Korea. I mean, Japan, Japan or China. China. Japan or China, yeah. Against each other to mess over Korea or or North Korea starting some stuff or a very North Korea versus Korea. But North Korea and Korea team up against a greater evil. That's the only thing that brought us together again. You know, like it's, you'll see like a lot of like current worldview in those novels. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be fantastical. There's There will be fantastical elements about it, but they're typically a lot more grounded in Earth reality. Right. Hmm. A lot of modern modern stories, like even like normal like Murrum, like martial arts, like underground of martial arts and martial arts reaching that level of this is almost magic, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's still rooted in real world sensibilities and real world things. Like even also, large companies are infinitely powerful. Oh yeah, definitely. And you like, you even see that in like Korean webtoons. You'll see like a lot of these take place in modern Korea or modern America mm-hmm. or whatever. And they have magical powers, and they have to keep the secret within this normal world. Because if it's revealed, it causes stuff. And when it's revealed, you know time is coming up here soon, right? Like, things are serious. And I I love seeing, you know, how the authors deal with writing, like, main characters from America. Like, like legit American main characters in these novels. And that's super interesting. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, I I can see that. All right. Yeah, just and then just like with Chinese novels, you're you're going to experience a lot more of um there's this mentality of the world's resources are there for me to take. Everyone is competing for them fairly, but if I'm the one that got them, then the heavens decided that I earned them and that I deserve them. So I'm mm-hmm. going to fight my hardest to get everything I can to see if I can get to the top. If anyone is able to beat me, that's fine. They mm-hmm. can do that. They're welcome to do that. It means they were better than me. But, but they never you know, are. But, you know, if one comes, kill one. Two comes, kill two. Um, Chinese novels are brutal, man. Like, like, <laughs> like they're brutal, man. Uh, to, to quote a scene, uh, to, to pick a scene from Marshall God Osara, there was a casino that someone was in. Um, and this young master from a clan that's very powerful and no one would dare to mess with him because his family is very high in, in high places and could destroy anyone in this area. Um, Arrogant young master. That's mm-hmm. like, that's a common trope. Yep. That is a very common trope in these cult- in Chinese cultivation novels. Comes up and, and he doesn't even like say anything really rude or anything. He just kind of like sneers and like doesn't get out of the way of the main character, Chu Feng. And the guy is just like, all right, cool. And just like cuts off the arms of all of his like... Um, all of the guys uh, sub- subordinates uh, starts like just like sending out palms that turn people into meat paste and blood puddles and then for the main guy he steals all his shit um and then uses his formation abilities his world spirit formation abilities to um take the septic tank of the casino and trap it in this small this small space he teleports the guy into the space and then has the formation be magically powered to be able to allow anything inside of it to survive on shit. Doesn't change the taste or anything like that, but he just is like, all right, you can exist as long as you want to in the shit dimension, and that's the rest of your life. Forever. Jesus. (laughs) And then he buried him underground and walked away and never dealt with it again. So that man is going to live forever, because by the way, these are characters that are cultivators, which means they have very long lives of existing entirely off shit. Oh shit my god. Is his world? <laughs> shit is his life and he'll never be strong enough to break out of the shit dimension. But this happened because earlier on in the novel, 
I mean, and I don't say earlier on, like, not specifically, but early on in the novel, Chu Feng went off to go deal with something that he started some shit, he went over to go and solve it. When he came back, the other people involved with that shit had come and murdered his entire ancestral family, thrown all of their bones into a pool, and written, like, suck it, Chu Feng, on top of their nameplate. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> so he's like, well, this isn't ever going to happen to me again. Ever. It's, it, it's honestly, it's the concept of a face. What is it? Guangxi or uh, I forgot Guangxi. what? Guangxi. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like, like face in Chinese culture mm-hmm. is very real. But in the novels, they take the, maintaining your face to a level that is insane. Like the main characters that are shameless, that like, like, uh, like we've been, we're going to do our, our next episode, nine star, uh, nine star hegemon body art. Mm-hmm. That's a character who specializes in face slapping. His divine ability is to slap faces. <laughs> okay. There are just whole paragraphs talking about the graceful angle of the slap was impossible to see coming. Oh no God. one could possibly maintain the. <laughs> there, there was, was no, no killing, killing intent. intent. <laughs> like, Edie's like, just knocking teeth out and all the other stuff. And don't you ever talk about me again? Don't you ever talk about my wife again? Don't you ever look at any of my women? Or I'm going to slap you in the face and then I'll freaking murder you. And that's 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 that character. I don't so, want to cause any trouble. I don't like 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 very Jackie Chan. I don't want any trouble. But instead of beating you with a mop like Jackie Chan does, I'm gonna cut your head off and then explode your body in the meat paste because you looked at me wrong after I slapped you, or I embarrass you so much you mm-hmm. hope for death. Right. <laughs> but it will never come because you're not <laughs> worth it. And if anyone dares to kill you, I'll kill them, their whole family, and burn their houses down. <laughs> Because if I showed you any mercy, it would be like being merciless to myself. I'm doing this as a righteous individual, you understand. <laughs> but like, like, like he, like, like, all he does is like flirt and like kill people. But his flirting is great too, because he's like, my hope to become one big scoundrel. I'm gonna be the greatest scoundrel, right? And like, he's flirting with all of these fairy-like beauties, and then they're all accepted that we're all just going to be together with him. It's fine. Right. But they're all like totally stronger than him, but they're not because they're not. They're because not, yeah. he's great. And if he if he looks favorably on you, you're gonna be great, like Guran. Because he's great. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean the, the the whole point of it is that like if this wasn't the story of the guy where everything went right for him, we wouldn't be reading about it. We'd be right, reading about yeah. the other guy who was the guy that everything went right for. So like hmm. we're reading about the story of that guy that's one in ten million and ten million and ten million and ten million. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his life's in danger, and yeah, things happen. But they happen because he also refuses to ever, like, you know how everyone's been this guy, like, at work, at school. Say mm-hmm. somebody says something, or, like, somebody look at you wrong, or brush past you wrong, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I want to, I'm going to say something. But you know if you say something, it's going to start some trouble, and, you know, someone might get shot or something, you know, start. This is a character mm-hmm. who doesn't care. You... You you trifle past me, you mess with me, I have to give you what for. Or I my name isn't X. Yeah, like, because that's that's the character's Dow Heart. And if they if they didn't live up to that, they'd be injuring their own Dow Heart, creating a heart demon, okay. impacting their future cultivation. <laughs> okay. I can't take shit from nobody. And that's a common thing too. Dow hearts, that's like it's like a trope in these types of novels, in Chinese novels. Your Dao mm-hmm. heart. You have to go with what your heart believes in. 
But, you know, if this was Japanese, your heart would be like, oh, gotta save everybody, all other stuff. In Chinese, it's my will is greater than the heavens. What mm-hmm. I say is greater than the gods that made this universe. Mm-hmm. What I say. Right. Not what they say, what I say. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, those are pretty much the differences between the three types of novels. Wow. You know, put very succinctly, you know, just a quick summary. Okay, so what you're saying is, okay, just to just to clarify here. So, Japan is, like, going to, like, summer camp. Um, and then Korea is like going to a kind of rough summer camp. And then, um, the Japanese, or sorry, the Chinese stuff is like going to uh, a slasher movie summer camp. So, (laughs) yeah, 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 no, that's just that well put. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Japanese (laughs) summer camp has like clean pools and like good beds and everything's great. The, the, The Korean summer camp. They got dirty pools and they're poor and And the counselors are jerks and they all hate you and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you'll you'll learn character from it, so it's fine. (laughs) And the Chinese ones, it's that except you killed everybody. (laughs) Well, everybody's trying to kill everybody. It's basically the battle royale of summer camps. The slasher was you all along. It was you. Yeah, the slasher is the main character. I was Jason the whole time. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. So, 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 folks, those who are listening, now you know what the levels of brutal are. You can uh, you can work your way up or down. Do whatever you like. Like even the romance novels that are are brutal. Even the romance novels in Chinese are brutal. They're just they're rough, man. Like it's hard to never think about it. It's kind of messed up. But it's so good. It's so entertaining. <laughs> Right. Well, it must it makes you think or wonder exactly what life is like in China that's that produces mm. this. Well, I mean, it it makes perfect sense to me because, like, in China, there's just I'm an economics major, like mm-hmm. historically, so I, I I think about things like this. But like, the, in China, there's just so many people that resources and opportunities are scarce. Yeah. So the idea of having to fight for your resources, of having to compete for everything you own and that that is yours and that you've been able to accomplish. Is, mm-hmm. is a is an idea that's very prevalent in their lifestyle just because of the scarcity right. of resources given their population. Right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. That that kind of um when when you talk about cuz it seems like and and the Korean stuff is is kind of new to you but it seems like the Korean stories tend to be they're very grounded in that they tend to take a lot of real world concerns and work it into like the fantasy um, the Japanese stuff seems to be about getting as far away from the real world as possible, often literally. And the Chinese stuff seems to be, um, there's a prevalent theme of um, starting from, from scratch and becoming, I believe the phrase is, the cock and balls master of all known worlds. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm wondering, is, is, there, is, is this some kind of like um, weird wish fulfillment that comes from each culture? Like, how is it that these ideas become so prevalent to each of the through each of the cultures i i think it's exactly that i i honestly do like all of these series are wish fulfillment in some sense it's all about mm-hmm. trying to escape the bounds of the world that we've been placed in like that's the common theme in all of them mm-hmm. is right. that the world exists and that there's a better cooler version of it out there that we're just a death away from <laughs> 
Right. I, I'll I'll notice that it, like in the Korean novels, it's always like I'm not gonna say always, but for the most part, like the main character, either if he's from a fantasy or if he's back, they either want to go back to their normal life. They want to be with their mother and their sister and their family. They want to go back to Seoul or get mm-hmm. the earth back to where it was. You know, like screw, like the powers are cool, but like I only have these as a means to an end. You mm-hmm. know, I want mm-hmm. my life to be great, like like but normal. And in Japan, like I like the Japanese stuff, the escapism is like true escapism. Usually, you don't see these guys like they're not really trying to get out, and if they mm-hmm. are trying to get out, they're trying to maintain that same sense of the life they had within the game or the world. Right. The powers they had and you know i can see where in that culture that would be interesting since there's such a air of conformity yeah i mean this culture one of the like i think most prevalent tropes in isekai stories is like especially in ones where the person gets some level of power in the world is them like trying to recreate rice and trying yeah. to recreate japanese foods for them to eat again mm-hmm. that's true yeah yeah they're always trying to rebuild a new, better version of Japan in this new world. Yeah. 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 Oh. To build a new community. Whereas, if, and I noticed that the Japanese guys usually don't want to get home. Like, occasionally they do, but a lot of times they're like, no, no, we're, I'm oh, pretty good here. way better. I'm yeah. way cooler here. No one looks like me. This is great. Yeah, they usually <laughs> want to get home for the first, like, two chapters. And they're like, oh, no, this is actually real cool. <laughs> yep. Makes it. Whereas the Chinese guys, of course, are like, go home. Ha! <laughs> Why would I want to do that? No, no. There's literally uh, one of the novels I like called Martial World. Or it might have mm-hmm. been true Martial World. I don't remember which one. But it starts off as a 21-year-old college kid in China um, who's on a field trip. And a cave collapses. He finds a magical artifact. And he's in a different world. And that's the beginning of the story. And not one time in the story has he ever thought, I'm going to try and get back to my world. Never even touched upon it. Mm. <laughs> 100%. This is where I live now. This is awesome. Like you'll you'll see a lot of these guys have like arcs where like, oh man, my family's down and out, or or I'm here and the people I love and everything's in danger. I'm gonna protect that. I'm gonna make them stronger. And then they get to the point where okay, this has been solved forever. Mm. I'm leaving to go adventure elsewhere and get stronger. Bye everybody. Yep. yep. And they never like turn around or whatever. They no, they do. Back. And like the the final hour right before the last battle, they go back to their home world and like give everyone gifts and it's like hey how's it going oh there was one thing that that was bad that happened let me solve it instantly by appearing in the place (laughs) but like uh they saw problems and they move forward like like always moving forward like some guren lagan guren lagan drilling their way forward and becoming greater and grander and titanic amounts of time going going past Mm-hmm. Oh my god. The, the sense of time, that's another difference. I time always... scale is nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, there's 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 series where it's like, you know, an entire series takes place in like five hundred or a thousand years, and then there's Desolate Era where they had to invent a new time a new word for how long like a chaos cycle to describe a long period of time because trying to use actual numbers would just take way too long. <laughs> You wow. know, it's, it's it's essentially the amount of time, a chaos cycle is the amount of time between a, a, a minor universe's Big Bang and its eventual, where it comes back and starts a new Big Bang. 
Oh, and, and, okay. And, and there'll be things where it's like, by the end of the novel, it'll be like, oh, it'll just be a chaos cycle that I'm spending here managing this mystical artifact. A mere blink of an eye to an expert like me. And it's like, that's a long fucking time, dude. <laughs> well, it was like, 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 like 100 trillion trillion years or some, something bananas. And that's right. like casual. And it's like, well... Simply, simply being a, a demigod doesn't give you a true eternity. You only get a thousand chaos cycles. I want true eternity. That's like, what? Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, but then you have like a Korean novel where this novel takes place the course of an, a year. Yeah, this person, <laughs> this protagonist started out at the age of 24 and the story ends when he's 25. Yep. <laughs> or like 24 in four months. <laughs> you know, like like it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot more sma- snappy and i'm not spinning like like a time skip might be like a week instead of right. you know a hundred thousand years later i finally gained enlightenment on this one part of this one law of this one part of my Tao. i could train this for a bit oh someone's bothering me in my hundred thousand year uh closed door closed door cultivation <laughs> I'm going to go and fish for a few thousand years, guys. So that I can understand the Tao of water. Mm. Okay. Wow. That's insane. No, it really is. And it's like, I'm always, in a Chinese novel, I'm always waiting for that first moment where it's like, and then 500 years pass. <laughs> oh, man, that's so short. Like, 500 years is like five minutes Well, yeah, no, no, point. the entire story is taken, like, they've been, you've gotten them from the ages of 10 to 16, and they've risen through 18 great realms of cultivation, and then, like, suddenly one chapter, and then 50 years pass, and you're like, whoa, that's like three times the length of the story. Right. Wow. And is that normal for Chinese novels that as they go on, Almost they just exponentially always. get bigger and bigger time jumps or span- it, spans? It is because it it all comes from like Dallas principles of like, you know, one, like one, like building up and to be, until it becomes nine and then becoming 10, becoming a, a whole perfection and then it becoming one again because it's reached a great circle. So right. it's like, yeah. And it, so it has this idea of like always building, always moving forward and, whatever you do becoming the foundation for the next actual step that you're doing and breaking through to new realms of cultivation. Uh, mm. There's, there's always bottlenecks in like basic cultivation that like you're the, I'm going to use generic cultivation. Like if you're writing it, I'm going to give you the rundown of writing a generic cultivation novel. You ready for this? Okay. It's going to be, um, uh, of the, the whole, the Hoshin levels. There's three levels of Hoshin. There's going to be your key condensation, your level one, uh, and that goes up to nine, unless you're special, then you go to 10 or 13. Um, <laughs> after key condensation, you have like... Foundation establishment. Or like pillar or something nuts, something more serious, or blood condensation, or or something in your body that becomes more solid, or you're creating a world within yourself, or you're... Uh, uh, solidifying your mind sea or something profound mm-hmm. and that one also has nine levels or 10 or 13 um, and there's bottlenecks at, at early stages at two, three uh, mid three, six and like, nine are bottlenecks three, six, and... nine, all that we're going to seven. You're like way stronger. And because this guy's had harder foundations or has taken more power than anyone else to get to these same levels, he's going to be stronger than like, he's going to be undisputed on his tier. So you mm-hmm. fight between realms. 
uh, between minor realms, and then you go up to your next minor realm. Let's let's call this uh, after foundation establishment, nascent soul, or yeah, let's see nascent soul, or like you're uh, now you know you're cultivating your soul now, or your bones, or something more solid than your blood, and you're forming mm-hmm. your jindan, your golden core, in your uh, your your dantian. Yeah, the energy in your dantian is no longer a gas; it begins to liquefy, you know, and uh, mm. here. Is you're at the the end of the first minor stage, and once you break through, it's your ninth, your ninth mm-hmm. level here. You become what other people would call the unimmortal, but you're not really an immortal. You're what the mortals think are an immortal. You can fly now, or like you can use flying swords, or you can destroy mountains with a punch. But you ain't shit, really. Yeah, you're just the weakest of immortals. The you're the bitches in the cool people realm. Now you understand right. just how small you really are, mm-hmm. and now the stuff that was ignoring you before now pays attention because now you're food. Right. <laughs> like you weren't you weren't just like algae in the pool. Now you're the baby fish that feeds on the algae in the giant ocean. Right. And then. That would have three more stages, which is even more profound going up from there. And then, you know, this, yeah, but, this, but typically the, the idea is that the beginning stuff is always going to be a lot easier to do. It's not as profound. There's been a lot of people that have done it. It's very well explored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas each level you go up higher, it takes more and more innate talent to be able to achieve that level. So you have more outstanding geniuses you have people that had better upbringings and had more access to more resources you have even cultivating the first level requires you to be a genius of geniuses right mm-hmm. like like i don't have you ever read watched or read hunter hunter yes curiosity i have yeah so, you know, hunter hunter everyone who can sense or use men is like a super genius like yes like like an artist of artist um so like imagine that and you're at that point where, like, if you have, like, a little bit of, of cultivation, you are the best of the best of the best. Right. And, like, moving up from there means you're just so much better than everyone else that it hurts. But there's but this land is so vast. Like, a Googleplex isn't big enough to explain the size of the world you've been born in. Mm-hmm. So, because there's so many people, the best of the best of the best ain't good enough if you go farther out and the bigger the bigger you are the bigger pond you need to get into and the bigger fish are right and it's just a repeated kind of cycle of that until you get up to the end where the character is probably one rank under the strongest because there's no tension if they've already gotten to the top Mm -hmm. right of course it stops when they reach the top yeah mysteries are are harder the there's profound profundities are deeper and it takes more time to cultivate and Mm -hmm. also typically our main characters are cultivating some heaven-defying cultivation technique that requires way more resources than a normal person would anyway. But it's fine. They're lucky enough to find way more resources <laughs> mm-hmm. even over and above that than a normal person would find. And then there's right. a division of the main characters based on what their Dao is in. Because if your main character's Dao is Saber, he's a wild man. He's a, he's a he's an animal, a gorilla. If he's a sword, he's lofty and a, above normal things. And graceful. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the spear that's just going to be like piercing through everything and making large sweeping strikes to knock back hundreds of foes or you've got your against the gods great sword that has hundreds of attacks swinging at him and he swings with one swipe and destroys them all wow okay so wait so these 
are are these weapon metaphors actually part of these stories? Yeah, no, uh, the the weapons of the characters and all this sort of things are are very intrinsic to the stories. It's it's almost another character to the story is is mm-hmm. the Dao that these characters follow. And their right. element, the element in their weapon that they focus on right. can be like the base of their Dao. Or you'll have like characters who like where his 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 Dao is literally like stuff lying on the floor, like improvised weapons, and he lives his life with anything and everything as long as he has some clothing on he's dangerous you know mm-hmm. like and that creates like like it changes the way they 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 look at the world how they track path and the path they travel because right. your Tao is your everything it becomes like how you gain your immortality and your godhood is through your Tao. so it represents who you are as a godlike being yeah it's and i mean it's it varies because obviously these are the Tao is very much up to author interpretation of how that's established and how the world exists. But mm. there's some characters where literally their ability to understand the sword is what allows them to become physically stronger. Like I, un- I have understood the sword at such a level that the universe is like, that's really cool. I'm going to make you stronger so that more of that exists. Wow. And like it bestows cultivation a new like it's the thing that breaks that bottleneck that allows them to move into the next realm is that they understand the sword at a next level. They've created mm-hmm. the Omega Sword down. They understand right. the sword so much they no longer need a sword to execute the sword down. Merely his finger or his words can represent the ideal of sword. So profound, profundity so thick that they cut you on a soul or molecular level. It's <laughs> It's it's insane, but okay. Like I sword sword. I don't really like sword main characters that much because I've seen like this little era of messed up sword MCs for me because it was the like take sword taken to the umpteenth degree, the omega degree. There will never be a sword greater than it. But when I see other sword characters in other mm-hmm. books, it's almost like you you understand all of the memes with this character like. This character can't be trained from anyone. They can never have someone teach them a sword dial because everyone's sword dial is original to theirs. Or like, like they're super cocky or they like, or like he only uses his hand for his sword. It can never be used for anything else. Right. Like he doesn't even pick up water with that sword. Yeah, because to do anything else would violate his dial heart. Again, coming back to that concept, it's very important <laughs> in these novels. So, and you'll see that in other like writers tropes in their cultivation novels because it's like clearly they understand this genre too mm-hmm. so like i don't want my character to use a sword i want him to use that saber guy i want him to be a saber like like, like you think a sword saber is really close but it's so different in novels mm-hmm. because a saber is not about being you know accurate or yeah a saber is about hitting you and then pushing through because your your weapon's heavier and you're stronger than your opponent so you're going to clash with them directly and win mm-hmm. a sword's going to deflect your energy and gracefully cut you where you're weak a spear is going to pierce through the weak point of your defense uh, like it's it's all its own mentality and they have their own characters and it's also defined by how the main character views those weapons like, a sword's at some point, like, it's it's great when they have these moments where, like, a sword's just a jagged piece of metal. It's so simple. It's so everything. And then they also have these things where it's like, oh, I realize how to cut, and the sword slash will appear a million miles from me. Hmm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, like, those are equally relevant, profound 
ideas to them, but it makes perfect sense with where they are in the story and what you know about them at the time. Hmm. That's that's amazing. I mean, wow. <laughs> okay. Actually, let's flip things around. So, so what are some of the things you hate about web novels? Do you guys have any pet peeves? Obviously, there's we learned about what you love about them, but what do you actually like? What what annoys you about them? I love tropes, but I hate when people rely only on tropes and cannot create characters. I'm gonna give an example mm-hmm. of why uh, web web novel translators usually cherry pick because when they don't, you end up with something like Lolly Baba that gets 30 chapters and it's the worst 30 chapters you ever read in your life. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you take every trope you got. Uh, old lady in a tiny girl body. Uh, she's naturally gonna be a Mary Sue, like like. And yes, in a cultivation novel or in a main character thing, your main character's gonna be strong. They're gonna be special, of course they are. But they're not Mary Sues. They have flaws. Yeah, I, I, like honestly, I think a lot of to me an author, like if I'm saying an author is good in a, in a Chinese cultivation novel, it's because they have the ability to. Although I am 100% sure this person is going to survive to the end of the novel and become the strongest person in the universe, they mm-hmm. can make me believe that they're about to die in the next chapter. Right, yeah. Makes sense. Ass pools. I'm sick of ass pools in bad web novels. Like, mm. like it's one thing if, yes, heaven looks, looks gracefully down on you and you get, you know, or like you get a lucky chance, which gives you a, an ability that later this one, like gives you an item that later you discover was greater than you thought it was that gave you protection from X thing. But like... It knows they would have, like, a reason. They've been alluding to it, cultivating your soul or protecting you from blah, 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 or healing you from wounds. They've, they've given you something that this, this thing has always healed you all this time. So, of course, it healed your heart that one time you were pierced. You know? Mm-hmm. It made sense. You just didn't know the gravity of how good this thing was. In bad novels, and I'm going to draw name drop another one. Don't read it. Shadow Hack. In this one, it literally pulls... Real world, like 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 universal bullshit out his ass on the chapter. It's important just to save this character or have his character be greater than this person, or like secretly, even though you've been with this character the entire time, he's secretly for eight months trained this ability that we didn't mention the entire time until right now. Mm-hmm. It's like Bat Batman shark repellent. Pull that shit out right now. It's like he's been training it for ten months and no one right. told you. Yep. I hate that. And it's irritating how common it is in weaker novels. Like, don't mm. ask for things. Let the world naturally evolve and build it up. And it happens too often. Yeah, no, I'm I'm honestly in pretty much the exact same boat as Richard on this one. What what bothers me is is when cliches come out of bad writing and not out of an appreciation for the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very clear when there's a difference in the two. Reading Nine Star Hegemon Body Arts, it is one of the most formulaic novels cultivation novels that i've read and it is in thoroughly enjoyable at every moment if even if i know what's about to happen i am anticipating it and eagerly waiting for it Mm -hmm. um but like if you you get some of these other novels where it's it's very evident that the reason why this person showed up and saved this person is because the author had no idea how to get their character out of the situation but they still wanted to have their character say fuck you to somebody that was way stronger than them Mm mm-hmm Okay. Like, like, I, I, like uh, I, Nine Star Hegemon Body Art is the perfect example of super formulaic. If you read the comments, you'll be like, oh, man. you When you're reading it, you know there's going to be an auction. You mm-hmm. know there's going to be someone way above having an issue with it. You know this main character 
wants to walk away but can't. There's a part where he, he sees like this monster that's too strong. There's no way he can beat it. And but he's guarding a treasure, and he himself tells himself, "Come on, it's suicide for me to go get this." But uh, I'm infected with this disease. With this disease, see it, gotta have it. So uh, I'm gonna go get it, and then you know, then he spends seven, eight chapters running from this thing for his life, and then running into people because he remember where they fucking were. To get revenge on people who were too strong for him to stop, we're bringing this thing he can't stop to them. Right. <laughs> and then <laughs> there's a lot of like, if I can't beat you to death, I'll play you to death in Nine Star Hegemony Body Arts. It's right. Like, okay. Okay. I'm not like I, I love that, and I know they're Sorry, gonna do we're that. Things we hate. Well, uh, but <laughs> like the things we hate do that, but poorly. Like, yes, mm-hmm. this dude is four rims away from you. There is no way humanly possible for you to beat a dude four moments above you. I'll give you a realm. If you're you're great, I'll give you two great realms. But four great realms? That's a god. He can Mm. blink and you'll die. This person could spit at you and you would drown. Like, it's... (laughs) Right. You you don't have a shot at this, and yet they're gonna speak to this person, and the way they're gonna resolve this is like someone, a, a, a mysterious elder that's been watching this person that's also four realms lower than them or maybe like six realms lower than them, we don't know. But plot armor, mysterious elder comes out of the, the fucking sidewalk and is like, oh no, 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 this person's very important. Here, let me feed them this miraculous medicinal pill that's never been mentioned before but allows a person to raise two great realms and then it'll be possible for you to be evenly matched. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or it'll be like, ah, oh, yes, no, I'm I was friends with your uncle... So I owed him a favor, and now I'm going to save you once. Right. And it's just like, that's that's You didn't even set that up. Like, it'd be one thing if you set up that, yes, your uncle was a bad ass, and he saved this man's life, and to respect him, I'm going to help you out just this one time. Mm -hmm. Never again. And if you do this again, I'll kill you myself. I'm okay with that. But, like, you don't get that. Some some dudes just just let the ass fools rock. And it happens in Japanese novels too. Like, they let the ass pools rock. Or like, oh, this is another thing. This is why I, why I don't read as many Japanese novels as I used to. The coward uh, Japanese main character cuck. I can't stand Japanese main character cuck. I can't stand it. And what do, what do you mean by that? Can you explain? <sighs> you, you go ahead. Like, I will write forever. So, like... He... There's this mentality, and I think it's partially because it's escapism. I mean, like, if you're reading the stats, apparently one in four Japanese 20 to 30-year-olds are virgins right now. So it's a mm-hmm. cultural phenomenon of, like, and especially the people that would be more interested in this kind of escapism philosophy, I think, tend to be more on that side of the Japanese philosophy, like, uh, of culture. So there's a lot of, it's targeted towards those people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have never had a girlfriend or, or, or they're a virgin, so the main character is a virgin or has never had sex. And it's always, there's always like, you know, they're so close to having sex, but, but, oh, another girl comes in and interrupts it. Or their master comes in and is like, oh, talks about it. Or the, the girl's brother shows up. It's the, the stereotypical things that stop romance subplots in like Japanese anime and those sorts of things. But like, right. it just shows up every time. And there's all these moments where like, yeah, no, the main character could actually do this thing if he just had balls and like stepped forward and did it. But mm-hmm. 
they're they're not. They're just a coward, and like the fact that they're a coward is a plot point, and I just I don't have that much patience for those people anymore. It's like they have learning disabilities too, because there's tons of problems that will be solved. The main character just freaking says the say it, just talk, just be a person. Please just be a person. But no, you can't be a person because you're a Japanese virgin cuck. And you'll never stop being Japanese virgin cuck throughout this whole novel. Like and you build this harem, but you're too much of a fucking cuck to realize you have this harem of women around you. Do something. Progress. Be people. Communicate. Do something. And they never do it. And there's so many Japanese novels like this. And it ends up being bad because they create problems because he can't communicate. And I don't want to read that for the thousand fucking time. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather read problems that are caused by actual things and they're and, and dealt with by competent people. Mm. <laughs> oh, he can't help us because he's too weak. If he goes, actually... I killed that thing. I'm stronger than everyone. If you listen to me, we'll prepare and we can deal with the next problem. No, I'm too afraid to speak because blah, 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 son is talking or blah, 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 Sean's talking. And, oh, I really hate that other guy who's getting her affection. And I'm too scared to say anything. And blah, 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 blah. And I'll stay with him in secret. And- Will our relationship change? I don't know if she's dating that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Just be a person. And it's like, it's fine. When I was in puberty, I could I relate to that and I was okay with it. But like, I'm an adult now and I want to read about people with adult emotions and reactions to things. Tenshi Muyo is like 35 years. How old is it now? Really old. At least 35 years. Yeah. Tenshi Muyo has a harem, but Tenshi's not a cuck. Tenshi at least does something. And mm. that's like the harem of harems. People just do something if Tenchi 35 years ago got it better than your character main character in 2019 i suggest you stop writing yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean that's what happens when the the actual authors are a bunch of you know virgin neats basically who literally <laughs> live in their parents well extra room um and never come out i mean that they're their authors right so they're writing themselves this is why I like High School DxD so much. Because this is clearly written by a dude who might have been that, but he likes breasts. And he has breast <laughs> cultivation. And that's what we're about. <laughs> that is the most fan service thing I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm totally fine with it because it's a goddamn plot point. It's not irrelevant. It's written into the story and it's important. It's not just done for fan service. It's done because mm-hmm. it matters to the story. And I love it that like he's a common writer, right? His belt, his morpher is depressed because his the guy who get, who 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 has the belt is powered by breasts. Like breasts make him stronger. He's the okay. old pie dragon. Okay, that's his <laughs> his cultivation, his strength, his base. He's like the opposite of a cuck. It is great. Mm-hmm. that's why i enjoyed reading it so much because it's like are you serious why is this like a good action like story but also why are breasts important to the plot right <laughs> wow okay <sighs> i wouldn't think he just wants him so bad his will yeah. is so powerful <laughs> he is if he's fighting a female he's literally undefeatable like untouchable god could be a woman and you couldn't stop him because he got to see what them titties do. (laughs) 
Okay. Like, 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 like the morpher, the dragon, the, the his dragon, his red dragon. He used to be the rampage dragon. Like, like the real Christian God had to team up with like other gods from like Greek mythology and shit to lock down this dragon from rampaging and split him and put him in his belt because he was that strong. Mm-hmm. He has to go to therapy because he's depressed because the guy who pilots him is obsessed with breasts. Right. <laughs> like, so it's like an inside joke, but it's great. Okay. All right. Well, that says a lot about the people who read and write web novels. Okay, then. Actually, well, let's, let's shift over to something then. So, so what about the English web novel community? Um, is there a large fan community for these things in English? It's definitely growing, too. And you'd say it's growing? I, I think so, personally. Um, I, I see a lot more comments. I mean, there's... I think it has to be growing because the infrastructure for it is growing, mm. sort of. I mean, some of the smaller fan-translated sites are running into some issues with the the legal owners of the books in some right. cases and kind of falling off here and there. Um, but the, the ones that have managed to stick it out, I, I think, are continuing to grow, continuing to re- release new novels, continuing to support new translators. And you can't do that if your community isn't growing. I mean, you right. can tell it's growing because you have these multi-million dollar companies who are expanding into the West to get the money for themselves because mm. it exists now. Like, like the the, the the donations these translators are getting for these chapters are high enough, and the ad revenue is high enough for them to go. Wait, hold up, that should be ours. You can't have that on your stuff anymore. Oh no, I I remember back like when I was talking about back in the early days of Wusha World when Rin was translating chapters, like he was doing sponsored chapters. He mm-hmm. had like a set schedule, but he would do he would do extra ones if people sponsored them. And I remember one time. He released a note that was like, "Oh man, wow! The queue wasn't the queue wasn't full. It's been the first time in like two months. I could actually take a break tonight." And like ten minutes later, edited, queue is at five hundred dollars. You guys are monsters. I'll have a new chapter out soon. <laughs> wow! And so they're actually making really good money from donations. Then, um, yeah, at, at, at the time they were like, Rand, Rand, I believe was a ambassador. He worked at a at an embassy. And mm-hmm. like he he quit his job doing that to run Wushu World and translate full time. He was wow. financially supportive enough to do that. And by the end of the some of the novels he did, he had stopped actually accepting donations and he had just started um like saying like donate to another book on Wushu World and mm-hmm. just send me the receipt for that and I'll treat it like you donated to me hmm. in terms of like chapters. It's like it's a lot of stuff like that that helped build this community. It was really, really cool. I know like one of the reasons I read Martial God Asura was because he did what he called the tsunami, mm-hmm. where he would just release, like, 60 to 90 chapters one day. And Jesus! Like, yeah, exactly. Of, of a book where he'd be releasing, like, two to three chapters a day, he would suddenly just drop this. I remember one year for Christmas, um, he did, like, a 25 Days of Christmas thing, where he released one bonus chapter the first day, two bonus chapters the second day, and kept that up throughout the entire month. And it was just this magical time period where I would just be able to read endlessly. Hmm. Wow. Um, I remember Gravity Tales, good guy person, before he became the villain of the, no- the web novel community, uh, 
when he was translating, his Patreon was insane. There was so much mm-hmm. money in that Patreon. Yeah, he but, was making five digits a month. Like, wow. it, was, it was some money for it because people just love the fact that Gravity Tales was doing stuff and there was tons right. of novels and they were translating novels and it was great. I mean, it's not that anymore because of the, the Chidian thing, but like, um, honestly, like, there's money there, there's money to be made, there's people who love this stuff, um, and they can't get it anywhere else, so of course they're gonna pay. So, right. um, I, the only thing is I'm worried about is the monetization might slow down the growth, because I know, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you've looked at, like, web novel, the app, the Spirit Stones have gotten a little bit more stingy on those, the really, really popular books are all premium, so they're expensive, and then they have, like, their subscription plan now. Anything that has mm-hmm. a subscription plan is going to be, you know, you can tell they see they see the dollar signs. Well, can do you think they can get people to pay for something they've mostly gotten for free? I think at some point, yes, uh, depending on how in you, are, in you are to individual novels. I know there's three or four on the web novel pro- platform that I was reading while they were free to read and then as when they went behind spirit stone walls i pretty much had to stop because i wasn't interested in paying for spirit stones or, or doing anything else but at this point the stories have progressed far enough that i'm strongly considering like buying a one month membership mm-hmm. so that i can read all their novels for free and just like having five or six books in my in my library reading all of them in a month and then canceling my membership right uh, <laughs> the netflix approach yes <laughs> Like, you gotta binge it. But the problem is, some of these novels are so long, like, okay, so it takes everything in me to maintain the Spirit Stones required to to finish King's Avatar. King's Avatar used to be on Gravity Tales. I went up to Gravity Tales to, like, chapter 970. I read 970 chapters Jesus. for free. And then uh-huh. it went over, and now it's, like, chapter, like, 1400 now. And I had to do that with Spirit Stones, which means I can only read one novel because it's premium. I only earn enough Spirit Stones for free to maintain one novel. But if there's a batch release, I literally can't read it. I don't have enough Spirit Stones to read every chapter. So then it becomes a, now I got to watch every ad. I got to do everything. Hopefully get enough. And then Spirit Stones expire. So if you don't stay on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you lose mm-hmm. your Spirit Stones. If you stockpile for this novel, so it's like... It's rough. Wow. It's rough. So that's how they're trying to trick you or get you to buy or to pay, basically give them real money. Mm-hmm. Is by yeah. playing with these spirit stones and limiting them and playing all these kind of games with you, at least on uh, Chidian's web novel site. Yeah, you'll have to buy you have to buy stories per chapter with spirit stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, to progress in them. And it's it just it gets really rough. The uh, longer the chapter, the har- the more expensive it is. So like you'll have premium the, the cheapest premium chapter is eight spirit stones, which is like one check-in for that day. You get one every 24 hours. Right. You used to get more, but they lowered that. But now it's like, sometimes you'll have chapters where it's like 17 spirit stones to read this chapter. And you're like, oh my God, it was a cliffhanger just now. I have to read this. Don't do mm-hmm. this to me right now. Right. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good business strategy. I mean, Oh no, it's an excellent business strategy. And that's what's terrifying about it is that there's a very real chance that it's going to negatively impact the industry right yeah. well i mean i mean maybe isn't having gdn actually have an english site isn't that better for web novel readers uh yes and no the issue is they are not nearly as concerned with quality of translation mm-hmm. as the the fans have been traditionally or at least with the more popular sites like wisha world and some of the other big ones that are out there right uh, okay 
So just the quality is going down on Chidian because their translators are probably paid like crap. And also it, it mm. goes into kind of the cherry picking that we were talking about earlier in, in mm. that because they have access to the stories and it's it's just so much cheaper for them to do what they're doing, they put out anything as opposed to actually picking stories that are good. Right. Or they'll dump resources into the wrong story or like, for example, like, yes, King's Avatar going to Chidian and King's Avatar being popular in China and here and all that has made it so it has... So instead of one translator, it has three, it has consistent chapters, and that's fine. I benefit. Mm-hmm. But there's less popular stuff, according to Chidian, that's really popular among the community that gets translated slower now because of that situation. Or like, or you end up in a situation like Tutorial's Too Hard that we covered in, like, we had an interview with the editor and we covered it. It's a great mm-hmm. Korean novel owned by Munpia. And because of Munpia's meddling... We can't read it anymore. We have to wait until either A, they get an English version, or B, someone isn't scared of Munpia to translate it. So, right. like, now I'm stuck at chapter 200 for indefinitely, for could be forever, when it could have been done in a year. So now mm-hmm. I just have to wait. And, mm-hmm. and if I gotta wait, that means I gotta wait for the regular translation, which means I have to wait until they get in their translation and get the 200, and then I can read from there. Hopefully. Right. It's rough. Yeah, it is. Now, where would you recommend people go if they want to, to find web novels? Like, is should they go to, like, novel updates? Yeah, I would. that was going to be the first thing. Um, I, if you're looking for Chinese novels, I highly recommend Wuxia World. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Obviously, I've, I've mentioned it by name a couple, of, quite a few times, yes, but they've yeah. got a really good selection of stuff. And it's run by Ren, who I was talking about, who has really high standards for translation quality and quality assurance Mm -hmm. um he like anyone who is translating a book on his site he knows is a very good translator right okay good good Hmm. um you know light novel bastion's putting out some good stuff um obviously like if you are interested in looking for them through chidian you are you can look through them through their web novel app month is a little bit harder to access on on the as an english reader Mm mm-hmm well, for Korean novels, you definitely I would go to novel updates and check there. Or if you have a trans, or you can like look for it by translations, uh, translations. So like Rainbow Turtle, great Korean translator. Anything Rainbow Turtle has touched is going to be good. Half mm. of their the translations unfortunately can't be found anymore, uh, so you miss out on that history. But they're, you know, if you see Rainbow Turtle as a translator, it's probably pretty good. Uh, right. Salvation okay. translations. A lot of the Korean translators have their own websites. So, mm. novel updates is a really good place to look because not only is it going to kind of let you know where the story is right now, um, and it's also gonna it has it, it lists chapters by by title of story typically. So, mm-hmm. like you can read a, a chapter and be like, "Oh, that seems interesting," and then you can research that book from there. Um, but it'll also typically have where it is hosted, or at least a link to a place where it's hosted, so that you're right. able to find it. Right. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a really great um, resource for finding new novels. Um, De- okay, yeah, definitely. I, I can yeah. see that. Um, so we're, we're almost out of time. So one of the things I want to ask you guys is, so since you're so immersed in web novels, and such, have either of you actually tried to write a web novel? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I'm not writing it in a web novel format. I'm not releasing it by chapters, but I am taking Chinese philosophy and kind of writing my own uh, English story based on it. 
Um, it's it's kind of mixing in principles of like first contact from Star Trek, mm-hmm. where I have this idea of like there is this extant galactic cultivation federation. Okay. Um, that doesn't make contact with people until a cultivator, like until someone has broken through to the first realm of cultivation. Mm-hmm. So my my story starts with Earth's first cultivator, essentially. I mean, it's it's like I got to read some of his uh, chapters, and I'm gonna tell you, it is a good time the way he sets that up. <laughs> honestly, uh, mm. like like okay. if you like Star Trek and you like cultivation, definitely look out for that. <laughs> it's super <Huh>. good. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 writing it more slowly than I'd like, but it's coming out. Uh, so do you intend on just like uh, probably like self-publishing it through Amazon or something like that eventually? Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to look into it, see if I can get it either through like, like yeah, get it on Kindle or Amazon or something to that effect. Um, I mm. mean, potentially I might even reach out to to people like Usha World and, and try and see if they would be interested in hosting it as well. Because um, right. I'd like to support that community if possible. But oh. that's, of course, <laughs> up to them. Right, definitely. So how about you, Richard? Have you uh, tried the writing thing? I mean, I've I like like any uh, English major. Uh, I've done NaNoWriMo every year since I was a child. Um, mm-hmm. I I've always done, but I've always been a short story guy. Um, I used to like write short stories, put on DeviantArt, things of that nature when I was younger. I've I've actually never thought of writing my own, you know, you know, chapter at a time published web novel. It's just it's never been something that like clicked i'll consider it though it seems like it seems fun you know even if it doesn't turn into anything it could be something oh come home write a chapter posted it you know right right yeah okay that would definitely be fun so do you guys have any other projects you're involved with or anything besides of course treading the path of heaven uh that's the only project i've got actively going right now um i know richard's got some other stuff he's active in um i have a lot of things um well, if you'd like to support me, uh, give at Squad Foresight a uh, follow. I started an esports team. I uh, sponsor mm-hmm. uh, competitive fighting game players to travel the world and compete underneath my brand. And I try to find uh, advertisers wow. and tie-ins for that. We recently, I recently, uh, I used to be part of a uh, Level Forty Two Gaming because I used to actually compete as a fighting game player and as a League of Legends player. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger and, um, I studied in esports, I do commentary, I travel and that's just what I do on the side. Okay. Uh, could you send me the link for that and I'll include it in the show notes? Oh, please do. Please do. I just started the social media, so we don't have a lot of followers and we can use them. Okay. No, happy, happy to provide. Um, okay. Sounds interesting. So Don, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, this is one of the main episodes. A lot of what you guys are all talking about is stuff I'm not familiar with. But after this, now there's like 100,000 new books that I want to check out and read because a lot of them <laughs> sound really good and really strange. Yeah, it's it's what I love about them is like it's a very different writing philosophy than Western <laughs> writing. And I've I've just read enough Western fantasy nooks, books at this point, I think. I, mm-hmm. I wanted something different. So this is what got me into this. And it's been a, a great wealth. I can tell. I can definitely tell. And hopefully you guys will continue treading the path of heaven as well and uh, keep putting out great new episodes so we can learn more about um, all these different books that are coming out. I'd recommend our listeners to go check out their podcast um, because you will find out about stuff you never knew existed before. And um, and it's a great way to sample and find out what stuff you might be interested in and what, what what's not your cup of tea. 
All right. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it and yeah. for sh- uh, for sharing your knowledge with us. It was uh, definitely my pleasure. We appreciate you guys having us. Okay. So, and thank you listeners for listening. Please tune in next time for something that's uh, almost as cool as these guys. Talk to you later and, uh, you know, continue to uh, tread the right path. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more or join the conversation, come visit us at obeythedna.com. You can also find us on iTunes or whatever fine podcast site forgot to lock their back door. So until next time, remember that to master the nerdly arts takes time, practice, and enough Coca-Cola to drop a rhino. See ya! See ya!